Hello! Welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimme Dad Wheat, and we have a uh, supercharged episode for the possible super major that just happened this past week in the Battle of BC. Um, we've got a couple great people to discuss this with, but let's start first with someone who was just at the event. Um, got to, you know, enjoy all of the, that Vancouver had to offer. Uh, you know, one of the um, leading content creators out there, one of the best voices for um, for just what's happening in Smash in general. I'm, of course, talking about my good friend, Edwin Budding. What is going on, Edwin? Hey, so I got back from Battle of BC. I had a great time at the event. Vancouver is a wonderful city. Um, I got to meet a lot of people there. I got to spend time with people I haven't seen in quite a, quite a long time. So I had a wonderful day three. My day two is, especially was, was pretty good, too. Um, I'm just super ready to talk about the event, and I'm happy to have not just Ambi on, but, but Walt on, another person who I got to hang out with at Battle of BC. Walt, I'm how good. you doing? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm quite tired, but uh, just a lot of travel coming back from Vancouver and everything like that, but feeling good. Excited yeah. that I got we'll to go on right up. after after Radar, so <laughs> a solid back-to-back. And uh, with the power of context that we don't have to talk about live... Uh, I love Michael Radar, so. Don't we all? Don't we all, folks? Uh, Abby, how's it going? I know you kind of got brushed over there by Edwin, but uh, yeah. always always fun to have <laughs> you on. <laughs> yeah, no, good to be on. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that the way that Anouk brought it up made it sound like I was at the event. I was not. I was here, <laughs> uh, you know, doing my normal thing. Um, but yeah, no, I had some time this week, so figured I would hop on since I did, did watch the event and, you know, figured I'd join the discussion a little bit, but good mm-hmm. to be is, here. Is this rare, the Ambi join? Because I, like, the last time I was on, it was just Wheaton, Edwin, and I don't know oh. how often you, you join onto the podcast. Yeah, I couldn't really be on much last semester for my, like, degree, because, um, like, class was at the same time as the podcast <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, but none of my classes have lectures this semester, so hopefully I'll be a little bit more available. Um, nice. Getting cool. show off new haircut? Yeah, finally, right? It's been, what, <laughs> three, three years, two years, something like that? Been a long time coming. Well, uh, Abby, you and I, we both did not go to Battle of BC, um, but we have two people here who did. Walt, let me, uh, let me talk to you a bit about the event. I know that this was Edwin's first time. <clears throat> he, um, he gave his word, so he had to go, uh, I don't know. Is this your first time going to Battle of BC? Is this your first time? In, I, I mean, I know it's not your first time in Canada. I know you've gone to, to Gommel. But uh, what was your experience at the event like? Uh, it was awesome. I went to I went to Battle of BC 4. That was the first one I've gone to. Um, that one was cool, but just like by comparison, and I don't, I don't mean this even as like a, you know, like a slight to Battle of BC 4, but this one was just like way better than... <laughs> than what uh battle of bc4 was um i slept in a dorm last year <laughs> nice. at battle of bc4 which was an experience for sure especially um for me that was like actually the first time i've ever gone to canada so or like actually exited the united states so to have my uber pull up to like a random college campus when i thought i was going to a hotel um and then just like leave me there and i don't really have service because canada service is weird and I don't know how to navigate to where I'm going. That was a really interesting experience. So a hotel was super nice. Um, and also just having the the tournament like kind of more central in the actual like proper city of Vancouver was 
super dope. Like the city's beautiful. I, I love it. I compared it to just like New York, but not shitty. So I thought that was cool. Um, and the tournament was fun. I mean, uh, I had a really good time. I had I had a blast on commentary. Got to do two blocks with Vish and, of course, the one with Radar. And uh, yeah, overall, it was it was just a very good experience. I enjoy Canada a lot and I will be excited for what uh, Battle of BC six has to offer, because I think Deer has done a very good job at like scaling up every year. Um, again, like four was on a college campus and five was in like this giant convention center um, with like seemingly much more budget. So that that seemed really cool to see. Yeah, it looked like a beautiful event just from seeing the photos and seeing, you know, from what we had from the stream. Um, Edwin, this was your first time at Battle BC. Like I said, you gave your word, so you had to go. Uh, you know, you'll never break your word. I want to hear about your experiences here at this event just from a, uh, the standpoint of just an attendee. And also, we have to ask the question, are you going to give your word for your attendance on Battle of BC 6? Ooh. So, yeah, I, I think that Battle of BC was very fun. One, the first thing I want to bring up that pleasantly surprised me about the event was the number of setups. It was a really good playing experience I had. There were tons of friendlies around the venue. They were, um, you know, playing through bracket, or bracket went relatively smoothly. Um, I was really shocked about it because, honestly, like, it's kind of rare to be at, at an event with as many setups as, like, Shine does which in every year I always talk about Shine being the ultimate player's major, right? So to go to an event that was semi-comparable to Shine in terms of always having a setup that I can play on within the venue, it, it really stood out to me. And I would say that, that that was one of the biggest things I would say as an attendee of the event that, that was great. The second thing I want to mention is obviously the, the location. It's extremely walkable. There's great restaurants everywhere. I had incredible sushi last weekend. Awesome, you, like, you called really it. fantastic. Oh, did you? Yeah, bus. He called sushi. it bus, and I was sure, yeah, very comfortable. That's rad. Wait, did you go to the? Did you go to that Misu place that was like near the convention center? The the sushi place? No, I went to another place with with oh, oven I see. And, okay. with oven and uh, Lavina, but um, but yeah, so the food was amazing in Vancouver. I thought the city itself was really beautiful. Um, play the playing experience is great. Um. To be a, a little more critical of, of the event, I guess, as a spectator, I would want to bring up one thing that was not necessarily under the event's control. I think the spectator experience on day two, in spite of some notable, like, fun moments, like Polo's run, I thought Top 32 was, like, the most whack Top 32 I've seen as a major in a really long time. Just a lot of, like, really sloppy gameplay, a lot of kind of anticlimactic sets with resolutions that didn't quite, like turn out the way that either you thought it would turn out or turn out well in a satisfying way. Like, I think there were a few highlights. Triff Axe was weirdly close. <laughs> Honestly, out of top 32, I thought Triff Axe was, got, was strangely the set of the of the set of that phase of the tournament. But yeah, for, for whatever reason, I just thought top, for, I, I don't know, maybe it had something to do with the marathon format on day two for singles, but I thought the quality of play was pretty bad, like on, on top 32. And like, there weren't that many exciting sets, I would say, relative to other majors. But that's not oh. something that's really under the... Name names. Let me like, let me hear what control. sets sucked. <laughs> well, how could you? I mean, there were I so thought many that, that uh, caught in the quad stream, or not even. Well, don't save him. <laughs> I, I, I was watching both. He was there. He, he couldn't both. even watch the say... quad stream. This this was not his problem. This was our problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sitting in the I was sitting in like the seat 
with a or I was sitting like kind of in the row of seats, like right in between the quad stream and the uh, and the mainstream. So to the left of me, Walt, you were actually there with me. It was you and someone else who I'm not who I'm not remembering. Oh, right when now. we were watching and in between the streams, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Blur, Blur and Cadorn that were to was, uh, me. So we actually got... Yeah, me, you, and Comfy were there. Yeah, Comfy was there. Okay. Yeah, so we got to watch a good amount of good amount of the matches, surprisingly. Um, so that was that, but that's not necessarily Event's fault. And I thought Top 8 was really fun. I thought the first half was excellent. I thought I thought Zane Cody is, a, is already mm -hmm. a content... The winner set, at least, I would say is a contender for set of the year. I thought the second set was excellent, too. Um... I thought that you know it was a pretty exciting event. Grand finals with you know Cody, Cody just running through Amsa like that. I thought was thought was very dominant. Uh, it made me think a lot high. It made me think really highly of Cody's chances of repeating this kind of performance again, if not if not doing better. But yeah, I would say great location, uh, great venue, a really great playing experience, which caught me off guard. Um, the only thing I would say as something that, again, this is not necessarily something under the events control. But I would say that if you're coming from the East Coast, it is quite a it is quite a travel. Like I think coming from Logan or from Boston, my experience is that I had a layover in Seattle. So my overall trip from when I left the house to by the time I landed at the, I mean in my case I was staying with Radar for a day, but by the time I got picked up by him, it was about like 15 hours or so, which which is which is pretty tough. I ended up actually leaving on Wednesday instead of Thursday because I I knew it was going to be such a, such a long haul. So what my one recommendation for anyone coming out of the West Coast or if you're taking a long flight, just in terms of like where Vancouver's uh, airport is situated, is I would say like take a long time. Like I would say if you're going to go to Battle of BC, it would have to be like, a, like I would make it a five or six day, if not a week travel to like really enjoy Vancouver on its own. And then, you know, come the actual event, you'll feel like you spend a lot of time in the, the event. You'll feel like you get to do everything is, is what I would say. It's a long say. time. <laughs> um. Well, I'm glad to hear that your flight wasn't canceled. I know that a lot of people had issues with, I think it was it WestJet was that the, uh, the airline that was yep. going on strike. And hey, I have I've always said that we uh, oppose strikes here at Melee Stats. <laughs> we think that you should work your job. That's great. All um, right, Kadorin. And same with the writers. They're, all these writers, you are given a job, and you should like that you have a job, and you should be glad that your <laughs> oh boss God. is giving you money. Um, <laughs> So we oppose the strikes uh, that the WGA is having and that the uh, whatever WestJet Pilots Union is having. Oh, man. Um, I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Melee stats will cross every picket line we can. <laughs> we're actually, we're currently, oh, hey, Walt, do you still write videos during the WGA strike? Dude, I don't know. I don't want to be a scab, so I, I'm thinking about not but... just write a bunch and then don't say you, like don't you outsource the writing anyways does it hank write most of your videos now? i do for he writes the jv5s but i do i do the writing for like bigger projects which are like once every two months no but... i actually wrote this before the strike <laughs> <laughs> uh uh anyway um yeah you made a lot of points there uh, and uh some that i i you know i'd love to go to battle bc to to see them myself but uh but one thing i think we can all agree on is what happened at the tournament itself we we had you're you're right we had some pretty good sets i don't know if we had like sets that i would say were so bad that i would have to lead with that <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh but uh, there are definitely you know definitely some interesting runs here ambi um i don't know if you got a chance to watch while this event was happening 
Um, but was there anything that kind of stood out to you before like the top cut of it before like top eight, top 12, anything that kind of stood out to you? Cause there's like a lot of really, um, surprising results, surprising runs. Yeah, no, uh, I watched with Zio and Koopa and, uh, Ghost. SF. So we had like a, a oh. very fun little fest watching that. Call that a petting um, zoo. Cause there's four goats. <laughs> um, yeah, no big thing that stood out for me was Trefasia, dude. Fucking what a monster. Yeah, like crazy. Yeah. Uh, they went into losers after losing to Josh Man, I think, and didn't mm. they beat like what ten people? Let me pull it up. Yeah, they beat it was Forest, it was Elliot, Zuppy, Axe, Sunse, and then lost to STJ, which is like unwinnable for a Peach. Um, Should have been Mango, and and he would have beat Mango. <laughs> you know, there were like a non-zero number of people that said Triff will win this, including Radar on commentary with me. Dude, it was looking like he's gonna win. I was like, oh, like. I saw that he had to fight Zuppy in that loser's path, and I was like, oh, I know that like Zuppy's been like angling to fight Triff for a really long time yeah, yeah. because of all the, uh, all the peach practice that he gets. And that set did not look close. I was like, oh my god, Triff's such a monster. So I just wait. thought that every single set. I was like, Jesus Christ. Win the tournament? Walt, win, win the tournament? Is that what people are saying? No, no, well, well, they said they said leave. Trip would beat SGJ. And I oh, said, okay. I don't My think God. there's any I, world. <laughs> Dude, I I misread that. I was like, Radar said Trip would win. No, okay. No, his, it, yeah, we, I, we it's if, not if as crazy as it sounds. It's if not I as crazy as it sounds. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think Cody's that good versus Peach. I think that Amsa would be a good matchup for him. Mm. I have no idea how good Jmook is versus Peach. True. Like. I definitely think Mingo being rusty would have been really rough, but unfortunately for Triff, he threw versus SJ, and that's like just that's it. That's the wall. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's not as crazy as it sounds. Triff is very good. He is very good. Yeah, I just don't think he beats Johnny. Uh, but like, yeah, no, no shot. Person was like, oh, it's it's been many years since they played against each other. You never know what could happen. I was like, I don't know. I feel like. I kind of know like SJ just wins these. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're old enough to remember um, the the Sechi versus Triff battles that they would have, where Sechi was not top 100 and Triff was ranked like top 15 or whatever. And every single time they played, Sechi would just like easy three one basically, um, to the point where like <clears throat> I don't know how they kept playing so much. <laughs> Triff would be like the one seed, and uh, he would go to like a big. Um, UK event and the the British Cedars would make Sechi like the eight seed, and then like Triff would go to, like a smaller event and he'd be the one seed and then Sechi would somehow be the four seed. <laughs> like they kept playing over and over and over again. Like if Leffen would go, Triff would be two and then Sechi's like seven. <laughs> it's like how the, how the fuck does this keep happening? Um, so no, Triff definitely documented some some problems with a uh, Falcon in the past, but yeah, amazing run. He is a player who I think last year, while we had a great year of melee. Um, at the end of it, we were kind of like left wanting some of these names to to like show themselves again, um, because like Edwin and I were talking about, there there were so many players who were just not going to stuff, or they'd go to like one thing, they go to one event, show they're still good, and then disappear, like kind of like yeah. Swedish Delight did at Wave Dash, <clears throat> or you know like Duck did well at Gommel, Shroomed obviously was uh, did that thing at. Um, at Ludwig's event where he would just beat any player who was like, like looking to have a breakout. <laughs> It'd be like, wow, <laughs> like solo battle, battle just three owed yeah. face roll. Oh no. <laughs> Shroom beats him. <laughs> like, um, there were definitely a lot of players. I think Triff was amongst them just because it was not really, 
easy for him to travel and um yeah he was doing unlike, his degree too right like he was finishing he, up his uh yeah yeah um so there was and and of course you know he's he's had other struggles that kept him from attending as much um but this year it really feels like we're gonna see a ton of him and melee is better when we get more international representation and sure. melee is better when triff goes to more um, we're going to be seeing him at Trail Invitational for some reason. So uh, oh, you're really? talking about that's, AMSA. That's I know that's super random. <laughs> AMSA is also going, uh, or, or they're signed up. Unless this is all like those challenges you see where people make fake brackets. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have to ask a question while while you're talking about Triff because Josh Man brought this up to me at, at Battle of BC, and now can you do I've the to question in a Josh true. Man voice? Actually, no, that's way too hard. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it and it would not be good. I um, respect you saying no. <laughs> so so Josh Man said this and it was like it was like buried into my subconscious from the moment he said it this weekend, how all the Peach players are apparently just like running a psyop and they only send one Peach player per tournament. Have you guys noticed that? Okay. Because Edwin, you talk can... about Triff, right? Like where are the other Peaches? Edwin, I want you to answer this question, but I also want you to ask the question in Josh Man's accent first. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. I already flopped uh, one time yeah, earlier I've... when you told me I was doing a New Zealand accent Lost beforehand. all of my power. <laughs> <laughs> no one listens to me. All right, Edwin, what do you think about this question? Is is uh, are, are Peaches ready to sign up? I... <laughs> Maybe, maybe on maybe on some character on some character and stage related discourse. That's that, that's all I'll say. But I, I don't know if they're deliberately sending only one peach to. I think like to every have I'd have the to look at the data. propaganda out there by far. But now, like you just throw this into the mix, and it's like, I don't know. They're just like a diabolical group of players, right? You think about yeah. it. So <laughs> I, like there's only yeah, like three that peach players with. that go to a tournament I, at a time. I do agree and that lots there's... of doctor. Who the fuck cares? Come on. <laughs> I, I do agree that the Peach players have a lot of propaganda, but I think more likely for this is that there's like a limited pool of optimism that the Peach players can have. And they kind of all share it, right? Like there's like a big bucket yes, of optimism. And, uh, you know, like you, you gave some to Polish and then they, you know, beat Hungrybox. <laughs> and then uh, they lost the Hungrybox a bunch of times. And now they're like a, doing the whole Fox thing. So the, the Peach optimism got taken a little bit and we gave it to Wally for a little bit and then Wally beat Zane. And then, you know, we, we gave, we gave Wally Pokemon showdown again. And he was like, <laughs> this is way better than melee. Mm -hmm. um, so I think rather than them doing a psyop, it's just that like, they recognize that like only one of them has this the talking like stick power. at any given time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a generational thing right? like they yeah. like the avatar, but like, <laughs> yeah. instead of like a, an ancestral lineage, it's like a cycle. So like okay. only one of them can be active as the avatar in any particular day so i don't i don't think this is an intentional psyop unlike other things speech for the players do <laughs> I, may I, like or may that. Not be. I like that as a counter to to josh man's point but one thing I he was he was mad that he had trip as his like his one draw he's like why the fuck is why do i get the only peach in this entire tournament mm -hmm. as my as my draw did he beat him <laughs> I know, but it was close. Like, he should have been complaining about his controller like everyone else. Yeah, it been... I mean, judging oh. on the seating was going, he very likely could have had Mango as his, like, the 16 versus 17 matchup. That's true. Uh, one thing I want to say for Peaches, all you Peaches out there, the, the man will try to bring you down. The, 
the white man, the cis man, the, sh the straight man, all of, all of them will try to bring you down. Um, wait, I'm the only white, real, real white guy here, so I didn't say anything. Um, uh, but uh, they've been good about when we all changed the the stage list and we made Pokemon Stadium a, a neutral stage, like and their counterpick versus uh, Fox, a counterpick stage. I didn't hear a ton of bitching. So I want to give you guys some credit. Uh, you're uh, you're right, crazy. Right. You're crazy that you didn't hear me bitching. You weren't listening, dude. I didn't hear. I said I didn't hear a lot of bitching. There should I be heard more a lot bitching. of bitching. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get a say in this. Uh, Maybe it got drowned out by all the wall. We banned Wobble at the same time. There's a lot going on. Now um, there's a psyop. We could talk about psyops. <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> uh. I think Lod is a doctor, which it hurts. And then also Triff is from a different con uh, continent, which, uh, you know, hurts his attendance. And uh, Polish probably doesn't have a, a passport. Polish, like, their first is flight Is that just was... a read? Do you not know that? or Polish's first flight was for Smash World Tour. <laughs> I was like, no, insane. That, that can't <laughs> be true. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I never flew before. <laughs> Wait, like ever? No. <laughs> wow. That's wild. I, I booked their flight for Smash World Tour 2021, and they're like, "Yeah, so what I need to do?" <laughs> I was like, "No, it's just work. like just like every other flight." <laughs> they, they, they told me, "No, this is my first one." Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that the uh, the the we might not see the same level of peach as we did in like the one tournament of 2021 that we actually had. Remember in Smash World Tour when it was like Polish third, Triff fourth, and like Lod ninth or whatever, and everyone yeah. was like. The era of Peach is upon us. Um, I don't know if it's like that, but but honestly, if we see more Triff, I I think it's going to be pretty damn good for that character because uh, yeah. Lod, Polish, all those other people have been doing pretty well. Um, I want to I want to mention someone who we mentioned earlier in terms of runs, and let's talk about Polo. Polo is a player who I saw a lot of people saying, "Who is this guy?" and um, I think that's fine. I think that's like a very normal reaction to seeing that guy <laughs> at 13th at this major. Um, and he's in that kind of like fun triumvirate of like him, Amrak, and Elliot that, that kind of runs BC. And just an amazing performance because that group doesn't really get to travel much. Um, and usually when they do, they tend to like do really well, but not have the, the true breakout run. Um, you know, like Elliot did well here. Elliot three would Ingen to the dismay of like every single uh, weeb yeah. and person in the melee stats discord. Um, and like, you know, though it was clearly a very good run and then ran into Triff. <laughs> Just like, what are you going to do? Uh, so to, to get to see Polo be able to kind of put the region, uh, on the map at, at, at its very own tournament was super cool. And a win over fiction, like you can say what you want about fiction, learning chic or whatever, um, there's no way to say that beating Fiction with Falcon is anything but incredible. <laughs> like, he yeah, is a weird. player who, I mean, he, like, beat Salt the past week, um, Fiction did. Um, so, like, to see the, the improvement from Polo to, you know, like, beat Stiv, who just beat none, and then go into Fiction is insane. Um, so I want to call off that run. I don't know, Edwin, was there anything that you saw in particular that, like, really stood out to you? Uh, you know, that... 
this is just my Marthbury network, but I, I saw the BZ Ingen set, and I thought that was a I thought that was a pretty fun clashing of, of two players who I who I'm not quite sure would have ever run into each other yeah. at another mm -hmm. event. Just kind of a, we talked about this a little bit on the BOVC preview show, but we'd had this whole build up of talking about the international Marth with with you know a win over a top fifty player, but doesn't get much chance to travel and play everyone before revealing that it was BZ mm -hmm. he was talking about, and I, I got to talk to BZ a bit at the event. Uh, he seems like a pretty nice guy. I saw I saw him play fiction. I saw a bunch of his sets. I thought he looked pretty good. I would uh, I would like to see that guy have more things mo moving forward. Got to talk to him about Marth. Also, it was it was pretty fun. I just thought his presence in this bracket was was very interesting, and I thought his sets looked Beach pretty Angle. fun. And it's in a way yeah. I kind of feel like uh, I I kind of feel like the way that he performed was actually probably a bit closer to the way that people thought that Ingen would do. And this is not to like. This is not to diminish Ingen, who I still think is a very good player, but just to sort of speak to the volumes of the amount of hidden stars in, in international regions that, that the scene has. And obviously, as, as you were just saying with, with Polo, you know, BZ wasn't even the biggest, like, hidden star of this tournament, right? So just it was obviously a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Hey. Salami! Okay, I do want to bring this up. Salami... Uh... <laughs> he did very very well <laughs> oh my god uh <laughs> i just thought it was very funny that he ran into blue pinata the round before blue pinata is uh he's some super hidden melee stats lore because he was the original uh ambi hater in oh. the original melee stats uh you know podcast on save us and titles channel I remember every episode he would faithfully watch on Save's channel, and he would comment, like, great episode, really glad Ambi wasn't on this one. Or, like, great episode, it was too bad they let Ambi keep talking. And it, I don't know, this guy, he's, I've talked to him a couple times, and he's, like, actually a super nice guy, but I just remember this whole era where he was just, like, my world number one hater. And yeah. now he's just, like, a good player. He made top 48 at this tournament. And I also think he turned a leaf on, with you. I think he's a bigger fan of you now, right? Didn't we determine I, that? I think so. I don't know. I don't want to speak for Blue Pinata. I do enjoy my interactions with him whenever I get to interact with him. But he did have the unfortunate path of Salami playing Super Odd Fire. And then uh, that warmed him up for the Chango set, or the Faust set, where uh, he had the, the very fun set with, with Faust. I just I saw the Blue Pinata made yeah. top 48 i was just like Let's go my number one hater uh salami speaking of number one haters might as well be melee stats as number one hater because uh he has a very good track record of beating the people that we fly out to events so that's true fingers crossed for the uh you know we just announced two players recently fingers crossed they never see him in bracket <laughs> yeah. i'm not, not willing to take that bet unfortunately salami powers up whenever he plays melee stats extended universe players <laughs> that's why that's why you guys need a psyop too just to take out salami oh, we're way ahead of you on this one <laughs> <laughs> we're developing the salami like counter the, a, the anti-fly out melee stats sponsorship <laughs> will pay you to stay home no we're just gonna develop a player who's like uniquely good against salami only <clears throat> <laughs> Roman <in> a lab. <laughs> this player's gonna go O to it every single tournament, except for the ones except he plays Salami. Salami. That's Dude, he's gonna great. eight stock him. <laughs> uh, and uh, Walt, do you have a number one hater? The number one hater? Yeah, do you have a number I one hater? Uh, I think I don't think Fiction likes me. 
but I think I've made that like public. Fiction is like one of the only like top players who has me blocked on Twitter. That's it. But he's impressed by your fine. muscles. Is that not no. true? No, I think we sorted it out. I ran into him at Genesis actually, and I was like, "Hey, why'd you block me?" And he was like, "I thought you were being a dick." And I was like, <laughs> "All right, that's cool." I was like, "I kind of thought you were being a dick." And then we were like, agree to disagree, and we just kind of went our separate ways. I do think that you don't get to tweet your name at the YouTube channel every single tweet they make <laughs> and then go like, why did you block me? I don't think you get to have it both ways, man. Well, I just wanted to know. I don't really care. <laughs> so I'm like, Was it the YouTube thing? Was that why? Was it the annoying if, thing? I did? Yeah, if, that, <laughs> if that's the reason, then fine. Like, then you got me, you know? But if it's like, oh, I just don't like you as a person, I'm like, damn, that one hurts. Let me change <laughs> oh. for you. <laughs> like, so... Well, any haters of yours are, are not eating because uh, you've been doing pretty well for yourself. You commentated top eight here. Um, this is not your first top eight. I don't even know if this is your first top eight at Battle BC. Did you? I think you did top eight at Gamma last year. Did you do top eight at, at the Battle BC four last year? Yeah, it was the same. Um, it was the same handoff. So me and Radar into Vish Tof. Nice. Um, albeit, I will say, I think Tof and Vish drank a lot more at this tournament going they did into something. commentary. They were going crazy. Because <laughs> I heard, Vish told me the next day, because I didn't listen to all of it, but he, he said something about, like, there was a line where, where they were like, it's like rock, paper, scissors, but someone brings a protractor. And Vish was like, I don't really know what he was saying, but I kind of just had to go with it at that point. So, Because you can't be, like, a no-but commentator. You have to be a yes-and commentator. So now it's just both of you are saying something like crazy at that point, but they were funny. Yeah, I, from honestly, I have such a soft spot for the no butt commentators. Yeah. I love like the conflict because like sometimes you hear commentary say something really wacky and you're like, that was really wacky. And like you're thinking about the commentary and not about the game because something very wacky yeah, has you're happened. Yeah, like for sure, for sure. So there's like two directions you can go. You could be like, okay, well, I'm gonna lean into the wackiness so that it becomes kind of background noise and it's all good. Or you could fight the commentator as the other commentator. Dude, B Bish actually like... told me about this where he said, to uh, not on this block, I think, but on another one where he was with Toph. Apparently, like Toph said something so like certifiably wrong on commentary. <laughs> And Vish like yes anded him to like just kind of like move the needle and, and keep keep things going along. And then like Toph gotcha'd him back and was like, <laughs> No, Vish, like that was wrong. Like how you can't say that. That's so evil. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's like messed up that you just like hooked him up like that and then he just turned it around on you. You chump checking. Uh, I do I do think the no butt is a rare form that, that needs to continue. I don't think we need every commentator to be a no butt. But we need some of them. I've seen a few maybes, a few maybe commentators, and those are the ones that need to go. I need you to pick <laughs> a stance. The hedge your bets yeah. commentators, nice. <laughs> There's a few that go right down the middle. No, I need you to either yes and or no, but there needs to be some. There needs to be something here. Um, but no, you you did a good job. It was, it was great to see, and you guys got some uh, some pretty crazy sets. Top eight oh, here, yeah. I know, was kind of built up to be this really big thing. This is the. Um, <clears throat> Probably like the biggest major that we've had since Genesis. You know, maybe you could say Collision, uh, but I think that the international talent here was definitely bigger, uh, so that might push it over. But this was, yeah, this was like one of the biggest events that we had. And sometimes we have like the entire world is pushing towards this one event, and sometimes those top eight suck, and it's always like a real bummer. Um, but this was really felt like it lived up to to all the hype. Now, Edwin, you are the uh, 
the resident hater apparently of this bracket you say i'm kind of i'm kind of with him actually like i <laughs> i thought that top eight was like uber predictable like with the exception of zane cody winners which i thought was excellent everything was kind of like uh, like par for the course for me i don't know what do you i like that trip was there i like that sgj was there I thought top eight was much better than the than top thirty two. Top eight was fun. Top top thirty two is where where uh, all my hopes and dreams <laughs> went to die. That was the. You know, I, I I have this that, theory that, that Anouk just says this when the Marts don't do very well. Like you can you can look and like oh Moki beat Kadorin, okay. Like oh Aqua beat Jaywick, like. Oh, where are the other Marts? I guess they're not that many. Moki Kadorin was Prof. a highlight. That that wasn't something I was upset about. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like the uh, the presence of Marth always makes Anouk think <clears throat> that the bracket is better than it is, and vice versa. So, no, but back to what <laughs> wow. I was saying. That's good. Did he so Top eight was fine. Was so good. Fun. Get this guy on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought top eight was great. I thought the um, the Cody Zane set was just well, it actually. Point, right? uh, so yeah, I was watching with Ingen. <laughs> yeah, the, the one in winners. But... I was watching with Inga next to me, and after the set, uh, both of us just like had our hands on our heart because it was it was just it was so tense. Like even with the game five being being kind of lopsided, game four, uh, Cody's comeback was insane. It was probably one of the most like tense moments of melee I've ever watched live, and I I thought the rematch and losers was pretty awesome. I thought that one sucked. It, was, it almost kind of paralleled the winners. Sucked. Honestly, they should have just not yeah. It, it kind of paralleled the winners set. <laughs> With the with Cody coming out on top in the end, also I thought Katie, Cody J Mook was pretty fun. I I thought Hbox Leffen was fun. Although I I gotta say, and we've talked about this on the show before, the incre the increasingly high amount of Hbox fans that take joy in watching him camp Leffen is it's it's very bad vibes. I, I I'm not about it at majors. I'm I'm sorry to I'm sorry to any of our listeners who who love watching Hbox camp Leffen or think it's really think it's really funny to see Leffen get mad or whatever, but it's just, it's really bad vibes. In the okay, wait, hang when, on. When does like does Leffen camp H-Box back? Because he stood on top platform for so much of that set. Does that count? Does that constitute as camping for you? Camby? <laughs> Do you want my opinion on this? Or... Fox player? He wasn't asking, yeah, the Fox he wasn't asking me. Yeah, but I had to go to the Fox player to hear. Because, the... like, I do agree. I the think it's, like, kind game. of annoying. But I also think, like, Leffen has Leffen actually has like gotten a lot better at like seemingly not getting as tilted by it anymore because he camps back. I think. Yeah, so I, I guess what I'm talking about is not like so much whether he's gotten better or worse about it, but the general vibe of the room when 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 that stuff enters yeah. the air, right? If it, it feels very like it, I, I don't know how to describe it. Well, it just, maybe it just feels try. like people. Because I, I I had this kind of feeling <laughs> yeah. at at Genesis. Um, I think that something that a lot of spectators do, which very much frustrates me, like just kind of as a someone that plays, is like prescribing mental states to other people when they watch them play. This oh, is like I'm very about very to common do that thing. after this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go on. Yeah. No, I think that this is like a big thing where like, you know, everyone loves the narrative, and like they'll they'll see things and they'll be like, X player is so upset. X player is so resolute. Right, like they just like have this like mental picture of what everyone's mental states are, right? And um, 
you know, with this lens, it's kind of funny watching the hungry box left sets because you can feel like there's a deliberate inflicting of suffering on the other person and there's like a blood sport element to it. So it, to me, it's very uncomfortable because there's like multiple layers of it being uncomfortable. There's like the first layer, which is like, I think Leffen is really angry. I think Hungrybox hates Leffen and is doing this on purpose to make him more angry. I like that. And I'm going to cheer for it to happen more because I like this thing that I've invented, this story about what's happening. I like that more than the actual gameplay of the set. So like, there's like three levels to it that are kind of gross, that are all stacked on top of each other. Um, and, you know, maybe like there, there may be some truth to the fact that like it doesn't seem like they like each other. And Leppin definitely does complain about the play style every single set. But I, I do think that uh, a lot of the discomfort that you're describing, I think, comes from like this whole weird joy of the narrative more than the actual gameplay, which is kind of a kind of a gross vibe, in my opinion. We love the narrative. Do you remember when, uh, what, what online tournament was it? <clears throat> like, H-Box, like, lost or something. Like, it wasn't, like, good for him. And then he was like, you know what that is called? And then, like, just, like, stood still for a second to, you know, the drama increase. Controlling the narrative. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, what? Or, or, like, he, like... It's conditioning? I think it was him beating someone last stock who he had no reason going to last stock with. Like... The other way. Like, they had no reason nice. bringing HBox to last stock. And he said... It was like Yeah, I think it might have right? been Otez. He said that was the he, that was controlling the narrative. And I was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, you almost <laughs> lost. Like, you... I, don't, I don't want this to be like a dog pile on HBox. He's thing, such a but chat. I do think, that, that is I do not think a negative it was, thing. It was so funny that uh, in it was like game... Uh, whatever game it was in, in, in Left and HBox at VOBC... <clears throat> He like hits a he hits a up throw rest or whatever it was, and I think Leffen like fortuitously died off the top, and Hbox literally did an IRL taunt to get bodied, where he 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 literally like looked at the crowd and then shimmied into the crowd, and then like got weak hit and air up smashed like right after. It was like the the worst timing possible, and I I watched back the vods today and I saw like five comments that were like. Yeah, that shimmy into taunt to get bodied was insane. Like, I can't believe that was a real thing. That yeah, happened. if if I can just sort of uh, just clarify something in case people listening to this are getting angry, I have no problem with Hbox playing defensive or even camping against Leffen. I I think that's fine. It can be exciting. That's it's how he's playing, right? It's it's fun. It's fun to see uh, Leffen try to overcome it, right? Like just on its own. <laughs> what I don't like is this. What I don't like is the like almost sadistic thrill of of uh, of watching someone else that you have this preconceived notion of or this parasocial hatred of lose, and I feel like that that tends to kind of get caught in the uh, that I, that vibe tends to kind of enter the air. I actually don't really care that much about like the the narrative element sure. or whatever. Like it's it's more so just like the negative place in which it's coming from and the vibe that gets picked up in it that you I know, don't like. It's but also something that um. A lot of his fans probably don't remember what it was like because they probably weren't around pre-pandemic. But it wasn't like this. Like you always get people who'd go like, "Woo, Hbox!" Like there was definitely this thing in like twenty nineteen. There's like one in every crowd usually before. There's there's yeah there's always at least one. But like twenty I don't know when he's starting to do really well 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, at the end of that period, you would get people who would like they didn't know how ironic 
their cheering of H-Box was. <laughs> because, like, it was, like, a coping mechanism because he won all the time. And they, like, didn't like him, but they were, like, I I'm ironically cheering. But then they would, like, not know <laughs> if it was truly ironic anymore. Um, so I think that that only got furthered when we had a global pandemic and he was the, you know, preeminent streamer, basically, right? Like, Mango has always been the biggest streamer, might have had more subs at, at a point, but Hbox was the pandemic streamer for Smash in general. And I think a lot of his fans, he got through there. Um, a lot of his fans, probably Ultimate. So, like, people might not remember what it was like before the pandemic at Majors, but it wasn't like this. You'll go to a Major now, and he just feeds in the crowd in a way that feels weird. I'm not even saying it's bad. I just, like, watch it, and I'm worried about what the future could hold <laughs> because i see he'll like put the chat up while he's playing someone and then oh, like you said this. he'll like look back at the crowd all the time or if like someone someone boos him he'll look at the crowd if he wins the game like he'll look at that person like it's stuff that i have a lot of thoughts on and i don't have an opinion on it like i <laughs> i'm not sure if this is good or bad it's just something oh, that's i think it's a marketability thing right like I, I remember you had this theory. I don't want to rip it from you, but um, I will bring it up because I think it's it's very funny. Where like you kind of could tell that um, Hungrybox changed a lot of things in response to being really popular on Twitch during the pandemic. Um, and it was very clear that he needed some sort of like visual language to like be able to identify him in a room full of other people that were also Smashers. <laughs> so he started like wearing these objects that were distinctly hungry box like that watch hat and the gold chain and stuff and like you have all of these yeah he would have all of these things that were like oh like if you were drawing a caricature of this person you'd be drawing them with this thing and that thing and, you know whatever um and i i think that like you know all of those behaviors, like, it, the, he's very theatrical now compared to how he was before the pandemic. And I think that's, like, in service of all of these new fans that he got through, like, screaming very loudly into the mic over quarantine. Um, so I don't necessarily know if I'm, like, worried about the future. But I do think that, like, Hungrybox found this, like, very popular niche of, like, being this very uh, bombastic theatrical guy. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of become a little bit more like his... Uh, public identity i would say the fans are ready to mobilize is the thing and we just have to uh, like give one credit for not mobilizing them i don't know if you if anyone saw uh, obviously the tweet about the water the water that was like spilled on his uh on his yeah. backpack and <clears throat> i think like affected his controllers and there's like a camera involved there's other stuff um the tweet was you know something that was uh that we probably all saw i don't know if we all saw the reddit response which was people going we must find this person who did this and ban them for life maybe we even sue them for damages oh. and it's like the walk oh, to get to there is pretty far because he doesn't even say that someone spilled it they're just like there is no way someone could <laughs> spill water on the zipper of a backpack accidentally and I'm thinking to myself, I was at major upset. Hbox was there. I feel like I did not see him take perfect care of his backpack. I think he just left that shit around. I believe that someone could spill water up by accident. But yeah, he the the fans he has is very funny, and it is it's uh for someone if you if you were someone who went to majors before quarantine and have not gone to a lot 
since uh, definitely a stark contrast and will will definitely uh, you know kind of um, set off some alarm bells if you're not prepared. That being said, we've talked a lot about HBox here as we are wont to do. He did get seventh place at this major. Um, there's a couple people here who placed above him, so I think it's only fair that we kind of uh, you know point out some of the stuff there. I think one of the people who I'm going to mention, I'm going to do that thing that uh, Ambi hates. We're going to armchair uh, armchair psychologist someone. Um, let's talk about Jay Mook. So Jay Mook comes into this. This is his first major as a number one seed. Um, this is his, you know, first major since winning Collision and, and Genesis back to back. He didn't go to major upset. He hasn't gotten anything else since. And this was kind of the the thing that we were in last year with Zayn going into probably, God, was it Summit that Zayn was going into when we were talking about how it was going to possibly be three in a row. Um, Edwin has a stat that he like paid off Vish to say a million times on on the mic. <laughs> which was uh, no one has started a uh, ranking period. Like a, a ranking oh, Ra- Radar the, used that too. Yeah, I heard, I heard Radar say a lot. <laughs> no one has started it by winning the first three majors. Um, so this was definitely a historic event that was kind of being teed up. And, uh, you know, he got fourth here. This is an event that we probably would not bat an eye at if it were last year. So I got a couple questions for you about, um, you know, was there anything that changed or is this kind of just Jay Luke coming back to earth? Edwin, what do you think? So, I mean, when we look at J-Mook in the, in the consistent roadblocks that have come up to him, or for him when he's done worse, I mean, two two people come to mind, right? Hungrybox and Amsa. His 2022 was defined by a series of almosts against against Hbox in particular, but Amsa was, has always been hard for him, you know, <laughs> since they played the first time at, at Smash World Tour in 2021. For whatever reason, uh, Amsa's just always been difficult. Um, wait, I remember last year at the first Battle, or, or last year at Battle of BC 4, not the first one. Why did I say that? The first but Battle, Battle of BC 4. The one of the annual Battle of BC 4. The fourth kind. But yeah, I remember we saw Amsa and Jamie uh, set to play each other in bracket, and it was either right before the set or after we, we talked and we said, yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel like that if you're going to pick an opponent that'll be tough for Mook in the long term, you know, why not go with another player like Amza who's very dedicated, plays an unusual character that's that's hard to kind of prepare for, uh, knows is just like that caliber of player on his own anyhow. Like, so I think for, for Mook, a, a conceivable low for this tournament, uh, relatively speaking, a, a loss to a guy that has given him a really hard time over the last year and a half or so, and a loss to another person that's basically gone back and forth with them and has stretches of looking pretty dominant against him. So does this make me think differently of JMook's total matchup spread? Not necessarily, no. But I, I do think that it's it's sort of showcasing maybe... Like, I guess the outcome is a, is a regression to the mean, or is, is a regression of sorts because he's not just dominantly winning tournaments. But, you know, he, he dropped a set to Cody at Collision. He ended up winning that tournament. He dropped a set to Cody again here. But by all accounts, they seem like they're going back and forth. And he happened to run into one of his two hardest opponents uh, just over the last year and a half in terms of trends. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, again, the outcome is definitely not winning a tournament. But I, I don't think it, it doesn't give me reason it doesn't give me new concerns for Jamie is, is how I put it, just in terms of results. It definitely feels like we have not seen him play from the from his back foot as much this year. And um yeah, I think I agree. I think this like it's not because he's suddenly worse. He's not falling off. Um, it's just because like we had a lot of expectations for him and, and maybe uh like 
these two tournaments that he won in a row might may be the only two majors he's going to win. That's just he might have done it back to back. Um, yeah, there's definitely something about it. Now, now, Walt, I know that there was some talk on the uh, on the comms, on the ones and twos, about how he his play was. But I, I heard a lot about his expressions, and I don't know if you got to, to speak to him. Um, I know, like, Toph was on the mic talking about how if you look at the the um, player camps, this is the thing that Ambi hates, um, yes. is that he was, like, way more expressive than he's ever been, right? Like, uh, just looking at him, it just felt different than every other thing and, and maybe okay. that impacted how people watched his play even if the play wasn't necessarily different but um yeah i guess like i just want to ask did you get to speak to him did you notice anything about how this could have been different from him based on uh, any past events um okay so i i have a thought that i want to just like put out into the world uh while while anoke was talking about this and just after hearing Ambi's talk about uh, the inner psychology of players and how Don't he doesn't like it, it's going to make him you. like vibrate in frustration. Um, but uh, to the point of Jmook, I mean, I, I I actually hung out with him a good bit on Thursday before the event. Um, we like went out to like throw a frisbee around for a couple hours, which was cool. And like, Dude, he quick, was just doing his like, steps. yeah, he was just doing his healthy guy thing and like burning four thousand calories or whatever. Um, but like mentality wise, I, I actually think he was like pretty uh, like level, like par overall in terms of just like, you know, the people who are the armchair psychologists in the melee scene, you know, know J Mook as this like unbreakable mental, like super composed guy, uh, you know, like always calm under pressure sort of thing. I don't think that really changed that much. Um, he actually like walked straight up to me after he lost too. And he was like, yeah, that was a good set. And like, that was it. Uh, like he wasn't upset or anything like that either, which I think was fine. But the thought that I do have about this and uh, there, I think there is some level of like psychology aspect to this. So I, I was curious about what you guys think about this. I legit think that because players didn't have to wear masks at this tournament, there is like a psychological change for that sort of thing. Because like more than one person has talked to me about this before where they're like, Oh, when I like, when I was wearing masks at all these events and I was on stream, like I never had to like think about what my face looked like, or I never had to think about like the expressions I was making on camera and stuff. And I'm not saying like, that's the difference maker between someone being like a, an insane player or not. But I do think, to some extent, people probably are thinking about that. Like, even I played one match on stream and I'm like, wow, I probably look really fucking stupid right now. And it's like just something that comes up in my mind because, you know, I didn't have something covering my face that like I didn't have to think about anymore. I want to hear from Ambi on this because we've deemed him as the uh, psychiatrist <laughs> hater, um, psychologist hater as well. Uh, but I have one quick opinion on that. And uh, it's probably. Simp like you know, I guess the Occam's razor is um, that the event where people don't wear masks or where we're like, wow, everyone is so more expressive. I wonder yeah. why the fact that I can see their entire face is suddenly an event why they're so expressive. That'll do it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe uh, they'd be expressive the same way if they weren't wearing masks. But I, I do want to hear your opinion, Ambi. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I got shoehorned into this weird spot where, like, I hate hey, you, all you mental hate, game conversations. You hate um, therapy? Um, you hate yeah, psychology? therapy is for idiots. Uh, so you do we're, love... we're anti-therapy, we're anti-union, we're anti-strike. Yeah. We're, we're terrible. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that more of what I'm trying to say is, 
like when people attribute specific decisions in games to mental states that they believe they can feel from the person. And that, that I think is like very different from like when people are clearly nervous and they're like throwing up smashes in a nervous situation and it's like, Oh my God, they're playing all so nervous. Like that's, that's fine. Like I'm not like going on about that, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think that that's not what I was trying to get across. I, I think more so I, I do not like it when the hungry box and Leffen play each other and the discussion is like, Leffen is the only one this works on because he hates it and it makes him upset and he makes errors. And it's like, I don't think that's what's going on here. <laughs> uh, I think that that's just a very easy way to talk about something very complicated in the game, which is Julie Puff's mechanics on the ledge. Um, and I think it's a disservice to players to like, to do that compared to like understanding what's actually happening. But in any case, um, I thought that Jamuk played fine in the tournament. Um, I think what we saw from him this weekend was not necessarily that like he fell back to earth or that he was not like, or he was regressing to the mean or whatever. I think what's just clear is that he's not like a full tier above everyone else, right? And I think that we kind of knew that already going into this, mm. where it was like, okay, well, like he didn't just get washed, right? Like we knew that Amso was a hard opponent for him. We knew that like Hungrybox would probably be hard for him if he ran into Hungrybox. Luckily, he didn't have to. Um, you know, him and him and IBW or Cody um, just going back and forth like normal. Like it really didn't really seem that that far out of a. Uh, the expected range I would attribute to JMOOC. And, uh, you know, I really don't think I was too surprised just in general. I do think that he played kind of a little bit below average, but not like an insane amount, not to the point where I was like, what's wrong with JMOOC? Why isn't he winning? Um, I, as much as I love JMOOC as a player, I think that if he was just going to win everything, like clearly as this unbeatable titan of mentality that just did everything perfectly all the time, like it would get old really fast, I think. <laughs> I think that um, that is a little bit less exciting than what we have now, which is, you know, someone actually pushing Sheik to be a really brilliant, good character. Um, another thing I want to bring up is that, like, kind of the landscape around which players win and which players don't changes a lot with who's active. Um, and one that what I want to bring up in particular is Mango, right? So we saw Mango this tournament, and uh, it was a very interesting... Uh, sequence of events, which happened with regards to Mango. And I do want to point out to people that Cody had a really big problem defeating Mango last year. Um, so you could put all the pieces together, right? Where it's like, okay, well, JMook beat Mango this event. Um, JMook like, kind of traded with Mango. Uh, Mango destroys IBDW usually when they play. So maybe that's good for JMook that Mango is in the tournament. And then Mango was abruptly not in the tournament. Um, and I think that, like, that type of stuff is, like, almost more indicative of, like, kind of who's likely to win versus who's not than, like, the other stuff that has been mentioned. Um, Hungrybox not making it super far. Mango not making it super far. Uh, Amsa making it super far. All of this creates, like, a landscape that's, like, pretty unfavorable for JMook compared to, like, other outcomes, which maybe specific players get knocked out earlier or later. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to you know point that out where it's like, you got to beat Hungrybox twice in order to win this tournament. It's like, well, there's a lot of players that could do that, but JMook not super one of them that comes to mind for that type of thing usually. 
Edwin, what do you think? Yeah, so I think uh, I actually talked about this in my column earlier this week. So as it stands right now, Jmook and Cody are the only people that have won majors this year, and both of them are tied at two apiece. And I think just just to kind of give, just to kind of talk about what Ambi said for a little bit, because because I brought up in my column, I think a lot of it has to do with the entrance around them. Um, melee is a game of uh, like <laughs> melee is a game of skill, but it's also a game of matchups, and it, it's a game of luck and the kind of people that you have. The, the, the kind of bracket draws you have. There was something that uh, me, Wheat, and Ambi used to talk about in 2019 all the time at the at the end of the ranking period, which is that we really desperately tried to look in the field for a dominant number one, someone who would truly have the best matchups. Because for a lot of the year, it felt like it was Leffen. Then for a lot of the year, it felt like it was Wizrobe. But when we took a look at the results, when we took a look at just how the brackets turned out, how people placed, how head-to-heads were against every single person. What we noticed was this very, uh, this very funny trend that that Hungrybox was the was the most accomplished player, and part of why he was the most accomplished player that year is because he tended he tended to do, to perform the best in an average bracket of entrance, right, at any given major. So I think in an era like today, where the the, the top echelon is, is so volatile and able to beat each other and able to flip the dynamics of existing head-to-heads like that on a dime and where where people where that's often impacted by the type of people that you're drawing in a bracket and your likelihood of facing this i think uh, i think it's, it's created the conditions for for you know our, our two major winners so far this year and and just as quickly as those two have seemed to dominate the first five months of this year you, you know, the next seven months could be defined by an entirely different group of two people, depending on availability of the field and depending on who shows up to what. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how this turns out, because as it stands right now, I think for summer rank, it'll be tough for someone to catch up to one of those two to really be in contention. But, you know, I, I say that, but la- for last year's summer rank, for April, we thought Zane had it in the bag heading into Summit, and it took a month and a half for, uh, for Cody to win two majors and to win another big event to really look like the best player in the world for that period of time. And that and again, that was due to Cody's own development as a player, but it was also due to the availability of, of players that he tended to perform really well against and the lack of availability of players that he tended to struggle against. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how these next couple of months shape out and to see whether you know this is really the year of Cody versus Jmook or if Zane's got something to say, if Moki has anything to say, depending on how he's doing, if Amsa has anything to say, maybe maybe Mango decides to come back at some point and he he puts his hat in the he puts his name in the hat what? or whatever. I'm a I'm his hat in the ring. Is what you're trying to say? <laughs> he puts his hat name in the hat. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought name in the hat raffle. like drawing the like pieces of paper. Actually, that is how know. we decide. Uh, I, I hate to tell you. That is how Melee Stats does the rankings now. <laughs> it's, it's a raffle. That's the algorithm. It's a big hat. Uh, it's like the NBA, <laughs> yeah, it's like the NBA draft. There's like a bunch of like cards in a big thing, and I pick it out. I open it up. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Let's go. It's Salami. Everyone goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Edwin, I think you're right. I think if, if you need more, um, you know, if you need any more proof that uh, it's pretty damn early in the year, just look at the summer rank last year and look at what ended up happening. Um, you know, we thought that Mango was pretty washed, and then he was the possible number two best player in the world, and then we thought that Amsa was, like, you know, still good. 
Uh, and then he went on a tear and became the actual official number two best player in the world. These things change a lot. And while we won't have as many majors as we had last year, um, we still have a ton in front of us. So that being said, Walt, I have a question for you. We're uh, four majors in the year. We are, you know, coming up on about six months or so. Of course, you know, these, these things always, uh, it's not like exactly to the day, but, uh, we uh we're coming up on about six months through the through the ranking period. Who is the number one player? And I want you to take that question, take it out however it means to you. But answer the question: Who is the number one player? Walt, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, summer ranking right now. Obviously, it's between Cody J. Mook for second seeds for Battle of BC. Uh, my pick for someone who I think has the highest potential to have number one by end of year i think is amsa just based on the last six months um but i don't know it's kind of hard to say i think like there's a weird not necessarily like rps situation but like we've talked i think we talked about this exact topic the last time i i came on y'all's podcast but how like mango farms cody uh you know like cody farms amsa there's like weird counters to a lot of these matchups which kind of put asterisks on everyone's claim to number one um and that's the whole point of the conversation of like who's gonna appear in bracket or is someone like hbox like just overall consistent every single time at getting like x placement or just making top eight every for however many years um i think that makes it interesting uh the only real like like the reason I think Amsa is like one of my sleeper picks for something for the end of the year is because the only player I really see him having like a super problem matchup with is still Cody. Um, but I don't know. Maybe Edwin Edwin had a reaction to that, so I don't know if you have if a thought to that. But I don't know. I think I think Amsa definitely has like a lot of potential upside. The only other like question mark thing that I'm not a hundred percent sure about when it comes to him is like there's not a ton of data on. Uh, if Amsa's like good against Captain Falcon anymore, because there just aren't a lot that play him anymore. But like of the big ones that were active, uh, I think he has a loss to like none at their last event, which was like what last year, like Genesis last year. And then he lost to Wizzy at some event also. Um, so it's not like an on, you know, a doomed matchup for him, but it still is one that I think from a narrative perspective, Amsa has been bad against captain falcon um again like all of it comes down to big asterisks overall i think for summer right now between the race of jmook and and cody i lean more cody right now just because he has higher placings uh in towards the end of the year i think he had like three or four second place finishes where jmook was landing like fifth or fourth or something like that um but there's I don't know. There's a reason why you guys make the rankings and, and I just mm -hmm. talk about shit like that because I can literally just ramble about this shit forever. There's a reason why we, we make them and you just profit from them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Off the hard work. No, I, I think that uh, Ums is a very interesting pick, someone who's definitely very good. You're right, though. He's he's someone who's kind of on the margins, um, maybe a little more worrisome than, <clears throat> than other players. You know, if he is going to play like Triffin Bracket or something, that might be a little worrisome, and you're right about the Falcon is definitely something. We already saw him lose to Tucson earlier this year. It's definitely, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And uh, I want to throw one in here. Moki, 
Moki as a top five ish player, definitely top ten. Um, a player who we can probably assume to see in top eights going forward. Um, that's a tough matchup. But that was a matchup that actually that was supposed to happen here. Moki mm-hmm. just lost game five to Sunse. So uh, the Canadians are also like incredibly good at fighting Amsa too, which yeah. I find funny because I don't know how many Canadian Yoshi players are out there. It's all mono. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying there's one. I'm saying his name is Mono. Uh, Edwin, what do you think? Yeah, I, I guess I, I far be it me to be the person that doubts Ansa. I've learned my lesson on this, but I do think now would be now is kind of a strange time to have faith in him, uh, just because we we have Moki who is becoming more present in the top echelon of play. That would be something <clears throat> I definitely think would hurt Ansa. I think Mango not being around as much. Uh, but a byproduct of that is that Amsa loses one of his most favorable and That's true. highly yeah. important matchups potentially in a top eight. And without Mango being around, there's Cody, who you, who you correctly brought up as someone that's probably beaten him the, the most out of anyone over the last two years. And that's not to, men- that's not to mention, you know, depending on his availability, someone like Plup either, right? So not so I'm not saying that it's not possible that Ansa could could win a major. I, I think he clearly can. He was he was a set away from doing it here. I just think out of, out of the current field, I do think right now it, it's a little tough for me to to see him in that contention of who is the number one player right now. Although I think on any given day he can win a major if that makes sense. And you meant you you said that Cody was was his really only a tough opponent in bracket. And that was that was the only thing that I disagree with because I think Moki long term could be. Could I agree be with that. Hard. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Edwin? Who's number one player in the world? I think it's Jamuk. Uh, last year, when it came to the Mango versus Amsa debate, we talked about head to heads, and the other thing we talked about was tournament prestige or the the prestige of certain victories that you had, right? And I think between Genesis and Collision and Major Upset and Battle of BC, um. There's something really special about winning Genesis. The, this is like as premier of a victory as, as you can have in, in all of Melee. And while Cody's two majors are, are very impressive, it is worth noting that the major upset came, that the major upset victory came at a tournament that JMook wasn't even there for, which is not necessarily Cody's fault, but it does factor into how I value a tournament's prestige and its impressiveness. So I think it's very difficult for without a third major in the picture, it's very difficult for me to give it to Cody over JMook. So I think as of right now, JMook would end up number one if if a list had to be made today. It is a it is a question that's purposely vague. If I can take it real quick before we go over to Ambi, I think if you're seeding, I think you got to give it to Cody. Um, I think if you're talking about yeah, if the year ended right now for some reason and we were like contractually forced to to put out a a ranking after like three and a half majors it, it is jmook right he's he's definitely leading um but there's a lot to go in the entire year and there's a lot to go even before the summer rank you know um we have uh we've got like uh, events coming up obviously combo is not going to be a big one but we've got like that type of event where we're going to have a ton of people going you know we've got wave dash we've got trail invitational if you're talking about the, uh, we've got like ceo whoever knows, <laughs> who knows how big that'll be but if you're talking about the real big events we've still got Gommel, which is going to be one of the biggest majors of the year, probably, at least in terms of top-level representation. Um, a lot of people have said that they're going to fate. We'll see how that ends up being. We'll see how serious they are. Um, there's uh, that thing that uh, someone leaked in our Discord and like everyone has kept secret about. <laughs> so I will continue to keep secret about. Um, but there's like possibly going to be a couple more sets that we're going to be able to see. Um, and I definitely think that 
you know, maybe like if Zayn wins out, he gets it. Um, if Cody wins like one or two more, he's got a very good chance. So it, it's it's interesting to say see what happens in the next couple of weeks um, because we've also got like uh, scenarios where we could see more performances like this from J Mook, and that might uh, kind of hurt. Like if it if it comes to a coin flip, um, he's got he's going to wave dash. He signed up for it. H box is going to wave dash. The next best player is like is Kadorin. <laughs> it's like Kadorin and Spark. Um, that is a terrifying tournament to go to if you're J Mook. You're going to a tournament with like one other top ten player, and it happens to be the guy who's like eleven or one versus you. So we could see some stuff happening. I definitely think that J Mook. Um, it's hard to evaluate his matchup spread just because he has like made his career off of like reversing what we know about like uh, traditional matchups yeah um like he's done very well versus cody for what we would expect a sheik to do um but also has troubles versus like omsa and x so it's it's hard to evaluate him long term for that reason uh and in comparison i think it's like relatively easy to evaluate cody long term you know cody last year the whole thing was like he could be the best player in the world he just happened to be saddled by um hand issues and obviously some unfortunate personal issues that we don't need to delve into uh and his team exploding and then this year was like the year where nothing bad was going to happen and then this team exploded so (laughs) it's like um yeah this year was kind of set up to to be the year of cody and uh even though we haven't really seen it so far this year um if you look at the other players you know he's gone even with jay mook so far uh, I think he ended up being positive on JMook last year, so that that could trend towards him. He's even with Zayn, which is like an insane thing. That is what you want. I don't even need him to be beating Zayn all the time. If you're a Cody fan, you take being even with him because he is heavily up on Amsa, right? You know, we we didn't really mention that Cody won this tournament. It was almost a foregone conclusion by the time we got to Grand Finals. Um, he uh, he's heavily up on H Box. Uh, you know, you, you look at the other people below them. He doesn't really lose. You know, he had that loss to Moki, who we consider a top 10 player, and then he beat him in losers at Genesis. And uh, he beat Leffen. I know he had a couple weird sets with Leffen where he, like, would feel like we would win every interaction except for the one where Leffen would, like, back throw shine him. <laughs> um, so he was able to, to shore up that. But, yeah, it's it's hard for me to look at everything that Cody does and, and say that that is not the player who I think has the best chance of being number one. Um, even though we've said it before, it's like the boring pick. It's just kind of crazy that we've gotten to the point where St. Cody's the best in the world is possibly the boring pick. Ambi, what do you think? Yeah, no, I was going to say a lot of what you said, but you said a lot of it. So Cool. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, to add one more thing, um, Cody to me, more importantly than his current records or even any other variable really, uh, is the fact that I view him kind of as the player that's the most immune to big changes in attendance. Um, I think that's one that usually is like the big cause of a lot of like, you know, ranking destabilization moments. Like remember Armada quitting and like all sorts of people like were able to make runs that were like pretty much impossible before just because of the way that like bracket structures work. Um, you know, like... If you factor in like the probability of Hungrybox deciding he's going to go to everything, like that is a much higher probability than the idea that Mango will go to everything in comparison. Just like historically, Hungrybox is more of an attender. Um, Mango is more of a like you know go to the one tournament and punch really hard kind of player. Um, you know, 
the fact that that probability is higher than that probability is much better for Cody than it is for JMOOC. And I think if you go through all the lists, like the probability that Moki becomes like, you know, a top five level player, that's bad for AMSA. Um, like the ones that come to mind for me that are bad for Cody are Mango getting his shit together, which is certainly possible. And that would be uh, bad news for Cody fans. Um, <laughs> The other one, I think, low-key might be kind of uh, the Peaches kind of assembling all at the same time. Um, Cody kind of has represented to me, like, uh, not super focusing on that matchup just because there aren't a lot of people that regularly attend that punch really hard at that skill bracket. Um, But we have seen him struggle against, like, Polish, against Triff, um, against Lod. And I think that, like, you know, a future where he has to prepare for all of them, I'm sure he could do it. Um, because, you know, we've seen Cody struggle in matchups like Captain Falcon before and then, like, go to the lab and then come back and just be this, like, absolute character-destroying machine. Um, but, you know, that's one that I could imagine happening that would be bad for Cody. Like, all the Peaches decide they're going to go to, like, four tournaments all in a row and then, like, he gets kind of a hell bracket relative to other other players in that skill range, like SCJ or something, that would be, like, a lot easier for him. Um, but, you know, like, you compare him to AMSA, and, like, I can envision a bunch of nightmare scenarios for AMSA. I can envision a bunch of nightmare scenarios for JMOOC. I can envision a bunch of nightmare scenarios for Leffen. Um, there's a lot of future proofing that comes with predicting Cody as the eventual number one this year compared to everyone else. So I think more more than like his current records or even his trajectory is just his withstanding of potential movements in the rankings based on how much other players decide to go to things. Um, and even not going to things, right? Like uh, like you mentioned um, JMook and Wave Dash, right? Like that tournament becomes much easier and better for JMook if more difficult players go, mm-hmm. um, which is weird. It's weird in, in like a, mentally to think about that, right? Where it's like, okay, well, him getting second at this tournament would be really valuable if he could like beat Zane on the way there. But instead, like it's it's very possible that he'll just like beat Spark and then like lose twice to Hungrybox and that'll be his event, right? And that uh that's unfortunate and it's also kind of luck dependent and I think that you know, considering what the likelihood of of each individual outcome uh and how it will favor every particular, you know, top 10-ish player, I think Cody has the best chance. It's going to be interesting to see, and we've got a lot of events to make up before we get to a point where we even have to submit official ballots and all that. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think events like this, it's uh, it's it's great to watch because there's just so much going on. Um, I mean, Cody is a player who, when he first came about, it was uh, people were kind of attacking his mentality in a way, um, saying that like the second he got sent to losers, it was done for. He is now one of the few people to win a major from loser's bracket. So we have definitely have seen a different world than we did pre, you know, previous times. Uh, so it's going to be super cool regardless. That being said, <clears throat> let's shift focus a little bit because we've got, uh, we've got an event coming up this weekend. An event that I think, if you just look at the bracket itself, might not be an incredibly big deal. We've got Leffen who might drop. <laughs> we, and then it's like Polish and Magi and, and Josh Man is going. We've got a bunch of people from the Midwest. But I think what it represents is very important for Melee and for what happens going forward. We, we talked about this event before, but I think it's good to devote an episode to it because this is Combo Breaker. This is the, you could argue, second, maybe third largest event in fighting games behind only Evo. Um, 
And this is an event that for years has run melee. It's runs melee, it's run ultimate, and for years has been nothing more than a glorified regional. It was an event that you would go pay a lot of money for and you would probably only enter melee and and like duck would win and that would be it um <laughs> this is this is its first year back uh since the pandemic in for melee I believe it ran last year and didn't have melee it just had ultimate so this is kind of a, a bit of an a, um attempt by combo breaker brass and also uh you know melee tos like connor and jade who are trying to, to trying to bring combo breaker to the forefront something that you know ceo had for years um was a, was a big event for us obviously evo was a big event for us but combo breaker always kind of alluded that so we're going to uh, be looking at this this coming weekend it's the seventh largest event of the year so far we'll obviously get pushed down when you know we have more events pop up uh but for now that's a number that's not too shabby that's over 250 people um, that's bigger than Low Tide City that we just talked about recently. That's bigger than DreamHack. That's bigger than Smash Camp. Yeah, that is. It's putting itself into um, like a, a segment of, of tournaments that we probably didn't think was that possible. It's like really close in entrance to Tipped Off, which is an event that we are going to be spending a lot of time talking about in the near future. Um, so, I guess let's talk about Combo Breaker and what it means for Melee to be there and and what it could mean to the future now walt is my intel wrong are you going to combo breaker i'm bummed man i i was going to um and i entered but i cannot go now i had oh. a uh i had a family event come up um shout outs to my cousin who qualified for one of the first females in her school to qualify for division one track and field nationals uh and that's happening the same weekend, and no one else in my family is going, so I'm going to that now. I know I could have. Um, no, I'm I'm bummed though. Yeah, because I would have. Uh, it would have been cool. I haven't been to like a non melee focused tournament before, um, and I think especially like under Beast Coast, being able to like hang out with the Guilty Gear guys and like kind of learn more about that scene would have been pretty neat. But unfortunately, I will not be going. I think the mixed tournaments are a fun vibe. I think a lot of melee only people complain about them historically, which is why they're not really as popular in the modern days. Because mm-hmm. we're so used to having everything kind of spoon fed to our community. Um, but the multi game events are really fun because you get people that like come up to you and they're like, oh shit, you're okay, a melee player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember at um, DreamHack San Diego, we sat down and like me and we were playing like random secondary characters, right? Like we were not like playing super high level players and uh i think like some xr player comes over and he starts like freaking out at everything we're doing <laughs> and we're awesome. like we're like two complete like we're goofing off like i'm playing like falco he's playing like chic and he's like this game is so hard to read it's so hard to go with what's going on you guys are crazy you guys are crazy and i'm like we're not crazy this is like it's like dude i just accessible. sd'd yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> i'm literally dead like <laughs> yeah but no, it's Dude, a fun vibe uh, because you get like the passion from other communities and like yeah, there you're that guy to the other people too. It's like you get to go watch the Strive players yeah. and you're like, I don't sure, know what the sure. fuck's going on. So Phil, it's a fun Phil Nolan from uh, New York said, "quote Combo Breaker will change your life." And unfortunately, I won't get to uh, get to confirm <laughs> no. if that's true or not. But get this: this was going to be my commentary lineup because I didn't get melee for this tournament. Yeah. I got I got Nasby and I got P plus. 
Oh shit! Wow, <laughs> the P plus woke block. Yeah, I'm worried about you with P plus. Why? I, I don't know. You still give cop vibes. What the I, hell, dude? Uh, <laughs> I remember yeah. DMing. About? I remember DMing no. you. It was like January. No, that's said, not. That's not fair. That was actually a trick. You were baiting me. You were <laughs> baiting me was, to try to say something weird. The funny thing was is that I DM'd you, and this is completely serious. You're just like afraid when I DM you. You're you always think that it's a trick. <laughs> I DM'd you and I said, what are you doing for P plus this year? <laughs> Here's the and thing. I okay, did, that is, I, that I is a freaky that. question from yes. the schemer. Yes. I would be out, of nowhere, out of nowhere to read something like that. First off, I didn't read that as, what are you doing for P plus this year? I read it as, what are you doing for P plus? That was how it was. <laughs> like, as judgmental as possible. So I was like, fuck this guy. I'm not going to answer this piece of shit. And then what happened is that, like, you have made videos on it. You've, like, produced videos about P+, which is more than a lot of people have done. It's more than, like, we've done, right? We don't spotlight P+. But it what was, was like... We did. we did the Nintendo video. That was a long time ago, that. man. That was our last Smart video. smokes a cigarette. Like... <laughs> and that was a long time ago. I just remember that it was our last one. It was a long time ago. <laughs> no, it was very funny because I was like... I was like, I bet Walt's not going to do... No, I don't even think that. I just was like... We need to help them. They're like, they're a lost cause. Like, their big brother Melee needs to come in and help. And then you did. And then I didn't do anything. But, uh, no, P plus Walt would have gone insane. Do you know what any character does? I do. I do. Oh, okay. I play. I played it a bit, uh, in 2022. Um, I'm waiting for a rollback. And I, and I saw that they got the, uh, the camera tool that Melee got, which is pretty fucking Let's rad, go. actually. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just know that Mario's insane in that game, and everything's a kill confirm, which is wild to me. So yeah, they're all insane, isn't that? Yeah. How, <laughs> that's the name of the game there. Um, no, that 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 would have been insane, and 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 the thing that I hope with Combo Breaker is that we get to continue to to support the event, and not just because I want Walt to go next year, but because I think that these events, like Ambi said, they really do bring something different to the entire community. Um, it's good to like. You know, be the melee person at a at a larger event rather than just being the melee person at a smash event. It's good to like see everything else that's going on. Um, I think that like the world is good if everyone um, has like at least passing care for the other games. Uh, but also a, a good reason is that like these majors are juggernauts. Like the the big ones are huge. Like this one is an event that I think that might have caught people off. Is that like people sign up immediately and then. People sign up for hotels immediately. It's like, if you're out of it by the first couple of days, like, you're not going to get a hotel in the venue. Probably not even the first couple of days. Probably before, like, probably, like, the day of. Um, and, like, these things are just, like, attended by every single person. And it really does mean something to, to the games that are here. Even though Combo Breaker has, like, a large swath of games compared to Evo, um, this is, like, the big thing for so many games. And if we're talking about events you know the sad thing that we have to bring up the same thing that i brought up with dreamhack is that it's probably not a bad idea to align with a brand that we have some faith in continuing in the, in the future um shine just put up their registration today so it was like bittersweet to see that and sign up for the last shine because it really just makes you think about uh the fact that like one of our tent poles the, of what we consider like a huge melee major is not going to be around in the in the next year now, I don't know if Combo Breaker will ever be a thing that will be um, super major for us. I don't know if it's ever going to get, you know, 800 people attending or, like, even 500 maybe. But 
I do think that this is something that in the future, if we are able to support it, I think it's a great cause because they are an amazing tournament that will like 100% give you an experience that you will not get at any other melee only major or smash only major. Um, and it might mean that you are, you know, paying for a, for a game that has 22 games or, or for a tournament that runs 22 games. And you might not be getting the same number of like setups that you might at a, at a melee only event. But I genuinely think that being in these events is important for the smash community. And they keep trying to run events for us. <laughs> like they've done it year <laughs> after year after year. Think that uh, they they we might as well end up doing it. <laughs> so I I think that this one is going to be a very fun one to watch. It's going to be like a cool little regional. Um, it's like you know get to see Joshman versus Magi or Polish or something like that. That's going to end up being fun. But I think what it means for Smash uh, is, is a lot larger than what this tournament's going to be. Edwin, what do you think? Yeah, I I think this has got a bit of an interesting vibe behind it. It's good to see a, a Smash enter enter the fgc world again it seems that it would be cool that there's more revived interest within the community you know as as far as the actual uh, competitive field goes uh, it, it's pretty interesting you got kind of your your heavy hitter like leffen who may or may not compete in melee but you also have people like magi of josh man what i'm especially interested about is that there's so many there's so many people that I think could really benefit from being at an event like this for not ne for not just like the type of quality of win that they could get at the among the top seeds, but I think there's a lot of people that could benefit from beating multiple people who are also in contention for a potential top hundred spot by the rest of the year. So who am I talking about when I'm talking about this? Obviously, the first name that comes to mind is Melee Stats' very own Koopa Troopa 895, but nice. you also have a lot of other grinders who have been making their way up, not just their regional PRs, but grabbing big wins at events as well. Lowercase Hero particularly stands out, beating Fat Goku and Ben earlier this year. We're going to get to see someone like him compete against other people like Prof, Ober, Chango, you know, even Pleba is here, Moth is here. How often do you see her out of Florida? So she's... So she's going to be really exciting to see. You're going to see Reesh here. I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talent at this event that may not necessarily stand out to the to the average viewer, but for a lot of people that have been following regions like the Midwest and even something like South Florida with with Moff, I think you're going to see a lot of really interesting clashes from players that could benefit from playing each other a lot, which I think is going to happen at, at this tournament. Koopa so, has the god like it too. what I mentioned in Battle of DC, I think top 32 for this event is going to be awesome. Koopa has yeah. the god bracket here too. I just wanted to point that out. He has the Leffen bracket, which may not happen, and then he has Preeminent, and then that's winner's top eight. Hmm. So, and that would be Joshman, right? Yeah, for... I think that's kind of hard, actually. But maybe, Josh Man maybe... is very good. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I feel like Josh is kind of Josh Well, it's it's better than Polish. <laughs> <laughs> Although melee stats, Marth versus Polish have proven themselves. But uh, no, I, I I hope to see Koopa do really well because um, I think that he is a player who's incredibly amazing. Did we talk about how someone was like he's not a hidden boss? And yeah, a lot. Everyone's getting mad Genesis at me. Six. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> was everyone, everyone here is like angry at me. Like I I've been like in SoCal. Like are like oh like. They just keep flaming me about how, like, we called Koopa a hidden boss. I'm like, dude, he doesn't go to anything. He's not hidden for you guys because he's here. Like, Don't they know about Melee in Progress 14? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, Koopa's been ranked in SoCal forever. I'm like, yeah, dude. He beat me at the That's UCLA why. League local. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. 
<laughs> no, I think this is going to be a super cool event in terms of uh, what the bracket's going to be. It's just going to be like a fun, um, out of the blue esque. Uh, I mean, meaning like the event out of the blue, not it coming out of the blue. Um, it's going to be like like a, just a Midwest regional, but I think it, the implications that it has uh, could be really big for melee because having an event like this be like a like a big event for melee could be something that benefits both of us very well i don't know i hope to to see i'm gonna be watching i uh, hope to to see something cool and you know we'll, we'll see what happens after that um walt you know while we have you here we've got some questions from our patrons now usually we do a little song and dance i say that the questions are bad they write better questions i don't say anything they write bad questions again um we're kind of at a, a, a point where I've not been flaming them recently, and they haven't put up horrible ones, but what's happening is that the second I ask, someone, something else will happen in the patron channel. I'll ask if anyone has a question, and then some like bombshell will drop, and people just like get on that. So, <laughs> in a very interesting way, we have good questions, we just haven't had a lot of them. Uh, so I think, Edwin, Edwin, you have a, uh, you've got one of the questions, right? Yeah, I do. So this one is actually coming from Ambi oh, Sinister. Um, who is your favorite commentator that is not yourself? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> All right. So the, like the correct answer is Radar for for reasons that we discussed before the call started. Uh, but the uh, I I actually think my favorite commentator is Vish. Um, I think he's like a actually Edwin, you wrote a whole thing about this. I think Vish is like a super slept on commentator. Uh, I, I seriously think he's like incredibly talented at what he does. Um, and I've talked about this a lot, like to get a little bit personal about this stuff and not get super, super deep. But Vish helped me a ton with my uh, mentality, especially like when I was starting to get more uh, like top cut land blocks and things like that uh he was like a very kind of like open person to chat with about like hey how do you deal with like all the shitty people in the community sometimes who just write mean things to you and make you feel awful for something that you're doing for cheap sort of thing yeah, i want to um, apologize about that by the way i didn't really know it's all good man i get it. it it's you're you're fine you're fine thought it was private <laughs> <laughs> um no but he i mean like i think vish has like this crazy like ironclad mentality when it comes to that stuff um he's like super zen about that shit and i don't like he's not all that public about it so i'm not going to speak for him or put words in his mouth but he is he's been like a, a very good friend in all of that stuff and i'm super appreciative for it so uh there's my biased answer of, of my favorite commentator because he helped me become a better commentator. i don't know if i'd too. call that biased i think that's like kind of what i was hoping to get out of you with that question so <laughs> Uh, yeah, with that, I guess we could transition to me, who has the second question, which is not my question. It is instead a question from Poison, which is, would you still main Mario if he had a weird beard instead of a mustache? Yes. Yeah? How uh, weird does the beard have to be for you to not want to play Mario? To not play Mario? Yeah. I feel like I'd be... I, I, would, I would be down, like, no but matter what. Strap. A chin strap would rule. I feel like if he had like a Fu Manchu, that no, that would be, be awesome. sick. That's, that would that's, be awesome. Dude, yeah, yeah, that's, that would that's not that would weird. incline me to play him more. What about like I, neckbeard Mario? Would you play neckbeard Mario? I would play no, neckbeard dude, Mario Manchu, for sure. No chance. <laughs> I would play neckbeard Mario. I think uh, maybe like maybe like just Soul Patch and like 
and like completely shaved everywhere else, maybe then I'd be like, wow, this character is really fucking ugly and I probably wouldn't play him. <laughs> um, but no, I think I'd still play him. And then I, cause I complain about him. True. Yeah, that's true. They give you more to complain about. That's like the heart of a, a <laughs> He's so player, ugly right? now. <laughs> Stupid. Like he's not even he's Shin not good and he's loser. ugly. <laughs> Man, he's he's unflappable. He's got an answer for everything. What about this? I've got a question here. I wonder if you have an answer to this one. Oh, this is from shit. Anaconda. <clears throat> Hi, Waltz. Love your Hungry Box pop-off video. Would you be so kind as to edit the description of the video to say that my handle is Anaconda underscore 34 with only one underscore... And that it is on Twitter. I would greatly appreciate this change. All right, I'll fix it right now. I put two underscores. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm I'm just asking a question. Hang on. From our lovely patron questions. Anaconda. Wait, you too can Xbox ask a question. Pop-off like video. That's not even true. I don't even have it. When when did I reference Anaconda? Anaconda they created the database. Video? Oh, the, the 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 tier list. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant the um pop off analysis thing. Oh, uh, the <laughs> boy thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. The um the pop off. The JB five or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Man, you got a lot of I content. I see. I see. <laughs> I'll fix it right now. Oh, I got it. Got copyright striked. So that's take the whole thing down. <laughs> it's Anaconda's fault. fault. It is. Oh, wait, no, just kidding. I see it here. I'll fix yeah, it. Yeah, that one pop-off Hbox did where he sang a pitch-perfect rendition of Hey Jude, so they <laughs> copyright struck. <laughs> All right, I fixed it. I fixed Perfect. it. Perfect. Well, there you go, Anaconda. Balance has there been restored go. to the world. Anaconda, I guess the answer to your question is yes. Um, Walt, we've got one more. Well, we we got more than one more thing, but we're, but we're on the outs. Um, we have a, uh, a another question for you. This is a segment that... I actually have not been checking the comments. People might not love it. People might find it weird. They might think that it's um, encapsulating toxic masculinity, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's a question. It's a, it's a segment that Edwin and I... Well, Edwin loves it. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to set him up as the fall guy if this is like not a chill thing to do. But we had Magi on our show a couple weeks ago. She was a wonderful guest. She did have to leave early because uh, we got big dogged by like Zayn and Moki fine nice uh so we actually did not get to answer ask her questions at the end of the episode and um started a bit of a new segment which was what would magi say so we uh we 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 went on we we tried to answer the questions in a way that we thought magi would answer them we then had a next episode with fat goku where we asked a question uh and he tried to do his you know best job of figuring out what match i would say to that so we have a question for this now i will say we did ask this pretty late um so we only have one response to this and it is maybe a question that uh, does not seem pointed to Magi in a very specific way. Uh, but maybe that's for the best. So this one is from Kingu. Thoughts on Kingu? So how would Magi respond to the question, thoughts on Kingu? <laughs> Shit. Uh, I feel like it would just be very dismissive. Wow. And just like oh kind God. of be like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Who's Kingu? Uh, yeah, that, I think uh, that's pretty so fair. Rude. Is that mean? I don't even mean to be mean about it. I think she's a very nice person. I think she'd go, yeah, I don't really know much about him, but I heard he's pretty good. I think he. I think she would say that. I don't know, man. I that's think you're just me. Too much credit on that no. one. <laughs> well, 
we I, I think in, uh, we haven't asked her, <laughs> but but we in our minds we're planning an episode where we get her on and we go through all of our answers you should, and see yeah. how correct we are. Yeah, that would be a funny segment. <laughs> but uh, okay, we'll we'll scribble you down as uh the as her saying. She's very dismissive. Can you what 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 does she say? Do we have a? a I like just a, I just answer? saw yeah I saw Chrome Chroma type in the chat for that. That that's like kind of what I was thinking, but I didn't want to like outright say fuck this guy because I don't want Kingu to think that that's me saying that. Just give me a give me an answer, and we'll we'll scribble it down as your answer. And we can. Uh, I think you know. like who I think my answer would be who even is Kingu? Who even is Kingu? Perfect answer. Now, Walt, you've been on the show before, so you know that we have an unnamed segment uh, near the end of the show. This is kind of the segment where we talk about what's going on in our lives that uh, is not melee-related. It's called Touching Grass, uh, unofficially, of course. I will go first. I will let you guys think of stuff. Um, I have been, this past week, you know, because we did an episode last week, this past week, I've been uh, doing a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> I've been... Uh, Looking about a lot of fonts and typography for the upcoming SSBM rank. Uh, so that's actually taking up a non-zero part of the week. But the thing that's taking up the biggest part of my week in both terms of just like hours, but also um, how much I cared about it, was uh, my cousin's wedding. I was attending my cousin's wedding this past weekend. That is why you did not see me at Battle of BC. That is also the same reason why you didn't see me at Smash Camp was because I was at the uh, fucking bachelor party. Um, nice. this is, uh, this is a cousin who is like six months older than me. And, um, I don't know. I don't feel like it's weird that he got married. Maybe I have to have that voice in my head. That's like all of your friends are getting married, but not you. Luckily, all my high school friends are not in long-term relationships. We're all losers. But, uh, I had a wonderful time. It was, it was so sick getting to see someone who I grew up with get married. And I'm glad that he was able to, uh, to find someone who I think that is like really amazing and fits him very well is able to like be both a foil to him and also be someone who I think fits perfectly. Um, I was in the wedding. I was fourth in line. If uh, there's two best men. So if they both died or were incapacitated, I would then be one of the best men. Um, it did not happen. I was <laughs> no deaths occurred at the wedding itself. Um, but I just had a really good time. And the food was great. He's a guy who's very into food, so the food is great. Um, and uh, it was it was one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes you got to turn your brain off. I saw all these guys who I probably would not give the time of day if they were just talking to me in, like, a conversation. They were all jumping around singing Fall Out Boy at the top of their lungs. And it's like, what are you going to do? I've had eight drinks in me. Two more are coming down the line <laughs> in the near future. Might as well jump and sing along as well. So it's, it's fun to have those types of things. And uh, I forgot about this thing that I want to show real quick. I guess this is fucking turning into show and tell. Uh, but he got uh, he got little gifts for everyone who is um, all of his groomsmen. And um, he made limoncello, which is like smelled like it was very strong. And I joked that it was Everclear. It was Everclear. He, was, <laughs> he soaked like lemon peels and sugar in Everclear. So I've got that <laughs> in my fridge. <laughs> Uh, and he gave us a couple other things, and one was a like a, a mug, like a, a glass uh, that he kind of did a little bit of uh, not personalized, but it was um, you know stuff. He got different stuff. He got like Game of Thrones. He got um, uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff. So I just want to show mine real quick. Oh, he's gone. Cut the stream. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Look at that. 
Yeah, no, super Oh shit, cool. that's fucking that's awesome. Sweet. So that's a, it's a yeah, it's a little it's the original uh, N64 for the people who are listening. It's, it's uh, looks like the box art for the Smash Brothers on N64. Um it's super cool and uh when I was at the voucher party I did talk about Melee. I did not bring it up. One of the guys there was like, I kind of like Melee, so we talked about it. Uh, and this, and one of the, like, multiple people came up to me from the Bachelor Party and, like, brought up Melee, and they're all, like, super cool about it. It was very funny. They thought it was a really cool thing. One of them was like, hey, what do you do again with Smash? I was t- telling my girlfriend, and I was like, didn't know what 100% what it was, but I knew it was really cool. And I was like, oh, I think you, like, mistook what I do. <laughs> but, uh, no, everyone was being very nice. It was very fun. It's always good to see family. And, uh, yeah, no, that was my thing. And uh, I hope he doesn't have any other engagements that make me miss a major. <laughs> I've already missed fucking Smash Camp and Battle of BC for this shit. So I'm glad that I could finally go to majors again without having to worry about his ass. Uh, anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a long-winded one, but that was it for me. Um, Edwin, what did you get up to this past weekend? Well, this past weekend I was at BOBC. True. But I'll tell you what I've been, I'll, I'll tell you what I've been doing outside of Smash or anything with Melee. A lot of walking, a lot of exercise, and a lot of fitness. I, uh, finally put together my stationary bike, like, a couple, couple and a half weeks ago or so, and I've just been going at that thing nonstop. Also started cooking my own meals. Uh, my go- so what I've been doing is basically just biking for like 30 minutes every morning each week each work like each of the main like weekdays and then uh, I've, I've like started preparing my own lunch a little bit more efficiently more than just like ordering takeout or just making some or just like gorging on snacks or whatever so I've been trying to take my health and fitness a little more more seriously I want to try doing this like so what I've been doing is just stationary biking but I'm trying to increase the resistance like gradually over the course of like the next two months and sort of like fix up my routine so I, I can kind of tone out for the rest of the summer and then in August depending on how that goes I'm uh, I want to get a boxing bag for the for the basement Nice. I think There's multiple types of boxing bags. Yeah, I just had the idea. I thought, Dude, the boxing bag, it's going to be like a Walt Disney cartoon. You're going to punch the box, <laughs> boxing bag, and it's going to punch you back. Your somehow. whole like, like, body will turn into an accordion. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, that's, I just thought it would be a sick idea. I just, I just love the idea of having a boxing bag. Now, what am I going to do with that? I, I don't know. The spouse <laughs> lets you have one. It takes up a lot of space. The spouse lets you have it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just was thinking of but uh, but i'm trying to i'm trying to view this as like a long-term thing because usually what happens with me in fitness and especially in my health is that i go like really hard at it this is what i did for my wedding i went like super hard on weightlifting for like four or five months and like i i ate a deficit i was miserable i hated the entire time and i was like okay if i if i look good at my wedding that's fine if i'm fit at my wedding that's okay i'll i'll do anything I, or i'll feel miserable i'll go through all the shit but if i'm fine in this i don't care anytime afterwards so i typically go through fitness and health in these like big phases where i go through these massive changes and then after i accomplish a goal i just burn out and i and i go back to being a slob so i'm trying to i'm trying to view these so I'm trying to view these things a little more like long term, like gradually building my like, like meeting smaller goals. So instead of me eating like 1,300 to 1,500 calories a day for four months leading up to my wedding, and then just immediately like gorging everything and stop like stopping working out after that, I'm trying to like have a bit more open mind of of 
of having a routine that slowly changes and develops over over the course of the next year. You know, so, um, one, uh, good for you. Two, we're going to have Wally on to talk about um, the ideas about weight and health and how they relate and how you have a very toxic viewpoint about that. Uh, and then three, also, while he talks about that in his on his private Twitter, by the way, I don't want to like seem like I'm calling him out. <laughs> if you don't follow him on, on his private Twitter, it might seem like that was a, a rude joke. Um, three, uh, yeah, dude, I hope you. This is the accountability. I hope you want it. I get afraid whenever I start like on going on the bike more, or lifting more, stuff like that. I'm always afraid to use it as a touching grass segment because I'm like. I could stop, and if I stop, people will look at me and be like, I thought this guy was working out. <laughs> so, good for you. You've said this, and now uh, on episodes of the future, everyone will look at you. It'll be really embarrassing if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So this is the accountability <laughs> that you're looking for. <laughs> uh, what about you? Well, I, I, can I can I at least uh, – is the accountability met if I just bike, if I don't end up becoming a pro boxer? Dude, you tell me. I don't know. Net? We're going to get people in the comments. They're going to be like, Edward looks the same way he did last time. Both. It has to be both. Like, yeah. He doesn't look any thinner, but he definitely seems like he has a concussion now. <laughs> I don't know, man. Are you going to like get into the MMA stuff? I feel like all those guys are uh, weird. Yeah, I was... Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I feel like my segment's gone on too long. But, but yeah, I was actually explaining the dynamic of how like in a lot of like MMA and like boxing and like super, super fitness type spaces, you, you run into a lot of just kind of like strange people like like they're not like it's not like they just kind of have these like bizarre views of, of everything and this sort of, and it kind of coexists <laughs> in this world where like fitness and self-preservation is like the most important and like most disciplined thing you can do so you just you just run into a lot a lot of nice people but just it's, it kind of draws out uh, i don't know how to describe it, it just draws out certain perspectives that you are you gonna okay i've got else, a few but, more yeah. sorry this episode's gonna be another half hour because i'm just enamored by this um one there's a a washington i think it might be washington it's somewhere in the pacific northwest and they're they're throwing a an event god i hope this is announced i hope i'm not leaking anything they're throwing a box a smash boxing event um are you gonna go as one of the, the competitors oh okay. yes no i think we can do there's it something, there's something that andy said Dude, a what's your weight class right now i'll, was, I'll fight was... you let's do it let's i'll fight you <laughs> yes there's something Ambie said a long time ago that always stuck with me that I think he said something like, you know, it does sound fun, but any chance of me getting a concussion or brain damage, no, that is my actual I think opinion, I'll pass yes. on. I avoid all sports that are concussion Yeah, so I, 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 that did stick with me for a while. I thought, oh, you know, I okay. think he's got a point. So that was question <laughs> number one. Also, if that is Pacific Northwest, if that's ends up being it, I think Radar is a perfect example of someone who you could fight. Um, oh, Radar, a no fight card would go so I don't know hard. if he jumps in the that ring. Would go fucking dummy if you i think there's radar, a few different reasons he I says no but if we that. convince him i think it'd go, it'd, he's it'd gonna go he's gonna drunk drive to the yeah, I think there's some reason to beat this shit out of you dude uh and then question number two are you gonna start listening to the joe rogan podcast <laughs> no i think that i think the ship sailed on that but maybe maybe the lex okay, friedman number show three, are you gonna get the um <laughs> andrew tate uh tattoo chest tattoo <laughs> Yeah, so Andrew Tate tattoo, anti-union, uh, pro-scab. But what else did we talk about? Anti-therapy, anti-psychology. Oh, dude, I never said really I like it. <laughs> I never said I agree with Andrew Tate. I These just thought it was good. a cool tattoo. These are all good I, things. I just, I got the same tattoo as him. That's a perfectly normal thing to do. 
<laughs> you, as you have, like, the chest tattoo of, like, I don't know, fucking dragon or whatever it is. Okay, well, I'll let it go. We've got other people to talk to. Um, Ambi, what do you got going on? I, I'm sure that Ambi, or, or that Edwin over here probably, uh, you know, he, he yeah. outclassed you, outshined you. But I'm sure you got well, something fun going on. We haven't talked to you in a little see. bit. Well, I think the most important one that I probably need to mention is that I got married since the last time I was on this podcast. Like, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys were there. Uh, we, I don't think, had more than eight drinks. So I guess this was a less fun wedding. I did than not. I, also, I want to say I did have ten at that wedding. I just had eight at the moment where I started chanting. Not chanting. I started singing Sugar, We're Going Down Swinging. Yeah. And I decided to have two more after. <laughs> and you know what? I felt fine. I woke up fine. Remembered everything. I could have done ten more. Yeah, well, I guess you got practice at my wedding. Not going as hard, but still drinking. I shotgunned a lot of beers at your wedding. That's true. There was the shotgun after party. Fuck, dude. I shotgunned more high noons than I did beers. Okay, never mind. Oh, yeah, that was weird that we did that. I remember that. Yeah, we ran out of beer. We ran out of beer, but people still really wanted a shotgun. (laughs) What happened is that... (laughs) Sorry, not to fucking over-speak on your own wedding. What happened is that the wedding was great. Um... The guy who was working the event was 100% overpouring, and also he would drink out of the shaker if there was any extra, and then he was like 100% skimming off the top, um, but he was like supplying everyone with drinks, and we were feeling pretty buzzed, and then the wedding ended, so we went to the after party in someone's hotel room, very spacious hotel room, and then there was a bunch of beer, and uh, one of your friends, I don't know, do I need to name names, one of your friends was shotgunning, and I was like, fuck, I haven't shotgunned in a while. And I, I like, actually caught... don't know which one you're referring to because a lot L-Pack. of my friends live. Was it? Okay, that's what I L-Pack thought. L-Pack, but... starting it. Yeah, we were the shotgun brothers, I called ourselves. <laughs> uh, so uh, he was shotgunning, and I was like, dude, I need a shotgun. And uh, I caught the bug. I forgot how fun it was. So uh, I did another one, and then Edwin wanted to get in. He's never shotgun before. You actually told us that you thought shotgunning meant drinking something very quickly, which um, it is, but there is also you know technique evolved to, to make it quick. <laughs> um, and I like... At like five or six people were shotgunning at once and I looked and there were no beers left and I go over to your brother who has two Bud Lights in his hand and I go, hey, are you going to drink that or can we use that to shotgun? He said, no, I'm going to drink it. So I like feel sad and I look around and I find a high noon. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to let like all my boys shotgun something at once and not let me in. Yeah, I shotgun one of those things too. Uh, is that and the the the, the gin and joke? milk shit. That, yeah, the, the joke. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm never drinking that again. That was fucking awful. Yeah, joke was bad. Joke could be good. Oh, why did you guys even have milk? Why was that there? It was a Wawa run that Vikram was making, and like your all your friends thought it'd be really funny to ask him to get milk. I don't know. Ask your friends, dude. You fucking... are my friends. What the fuck? I... That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. It was your other crew. You were there. You <laughs> made a you about made a gin and run. milk. As a as like a mixed drink, yeah. There's a milk. like an unironic gin and milk was a drink. Yeah, there's a picture. It was ironic. I'll send it. I'll send it to you after. There's a picture of me drinking. Because I'm saying this because because the one night I went to Collision, which resulted in me contracting the norovirus and shitting (laughs) on my ceiling the next day, was uh, involved wheat also getting a very fucked up concoction of of beverages together. And it was, it was like te- it was like tequila and like ginger ale or no, like it was tequila and, or and like, Lipton or... peach ice. Oh tea. yeah, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. 
dude i was uh i was feeling good that night i felt way more drunk than the 10 drinks i had at the wedding uh it didn't help that i was smoking weed with uh poon slayer <laughs> oh my god man we're, we're that wedding? oh my god we're divulging all the secrets no he was at the collision <laughs> he, oh, he's at okay, collision. Okay. uh sorry you got married <laughs> yeah i'm okay i i guess i could keep going uh i did i am doing another thing which is way weirder than getting married um which is uh, like <laughs> right. uh, let me think do i even want to do this is it just like i mean i'm just rambling but Dude, yeah, edwin so... just shared his health experience go on well so yours. i'm also going to share a health experience which is going to be great um so a long time ago i lost a bunch of weight i did it by tracking calories very closely for a long time it was fine um i wanted to do that again but I figured it'd be way funnier if I like was doing some sort of extended bit while I was doing it. You know what I mean? Like not just like, oh, I'm just gonna eat broccoli for six months. I was like, no, what if I do a bit? So I, I've been getting really into like meal replacement beverages and shit, like the the Huel and Soylent type. Yeah, like that type of shit. Oh, and shit. Um, I've been I've been eating like almost exclusively that when I don't go to work. Um, they make this uh, fucking freeze dried pasta bolognese or whatever. Yeah, this stuff tastes fucking awful. That's it is, wild. It is absolutely terrible, but it's very easy to keep track of how many calories are in it. And you eat it, and then you're like, I really am done eating. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> eat anymore. And I'm like, this is very good because I've been, I've, been, I've been using this as like a staple of my diet for the last couple of weeks. And uh, it really takes all the motivation out of eating. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is, this is killing. This is going to be a great blog post when I'm done with it. Um, so I'm going through all of their products and I'm making another stupid list on my stupid website of, uh, beverages that I've drank that I do not enjoy. And I guess freeze dried pasta. Um, so that, that's quite a bit weirder. Uh, but that's the other, the other thing that I've been up to recently. That's not been previously mentioned on a touching grass segment. Sick. Uh, yeah, I hope it works out. You have the accountability of the entire Women for Game audience. <laughs> I am also trying to, to cut back on stuff and, and eat better and, and exercise. But I did not tell the audience. <laughs> so if they do not notice any change, <laughs> it is fine. Uh, Walt, what's going on with you? Sorry, it doesn't usually take this long. These are just some... Uh, I'll, I'll keep it pretty quick. Some cool uh, things. Same, same as the other folks. I've been... So what's cool is, uh, you know, I, I'm very appreciative of the career change that I've made recently, um, albeit I'm making less money, but I am remarkably happier, which is which is an important thing to have in life. Um, so that's cool. Uh, because of that, and because I've been home, I've I've had just like a lot more time afforded to me to like get back to exercising an amount that is a lot. Um, and that's just kind of like what I used to do. But before I got super busy with my job and shit like that. So it's been cool to like get back to things that I care about and things that like allow me to spend my time in different ways that don't make me feel like I'm stretching myself too thin. So that's been awesome. Uh, I went to Puerto Rico for a fun vacation. Uh, was there for like a full week, which was insane. Just like a beautiful, beautiful area overall, and just like a cool place to decompress and relax and have a good time and drink a bunch of fruity drinks and stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, I'm moving in September, probably to Manhattan. Oh. Uh, so that'll happen in a little while. So a few a few short months away, I'll probably be looking at apartments uh, in a couple of months. But uh, Manhattan is probably the place to be. 
for me. Um, and kind of touching grass, but not really because it involved me being inside. But I got to commentate tag, which I thought was super cool. Um, like I unironically had a really fun time doing that. And uh, we don't have to talk about this on the broadcast, but it gave me a lot of perspective about <laughs> about the Smash community. Um, and I just thought it was awesome. And, I, and I'm hoping I can do more of that stuff. And the uh, the tag folk seem to take a liking to me and uh, they seem interested in hopefully bringing me on for more <laughs> events, which hopefully means more like in-person stuff and get vetted by ESPN and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. You're so annoying. <laughs> and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why? God, I love how, uh, how smarmy you are oh, with that. I'm glad it, it oh, could have happened to up. a better guy. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm super. I watched. I watched the tag thing, by the way. Because you really? You. Yeah, I watched. I a give. Uh, I give Chroma his uh, his props for contributing to tag by just saying he would like hunt me for sport in like three <laughs> different messages, and like the World Chase Tag account was like, "Thanks for watching." After every single one that he said, because they were just trying <laughs> to keep the vibes up. Uh, well, do you know uh, Roofball? No. Uh, it's a it's a thing that popped up on YouTube pretty recently um and i think the the world of roof ball was very fully realized which um is like a really big thing i think to to people to get into something um so people just got like randomly recommended this video from like not too far ago but it would be like the 2007 roof ball championships and it'd be like That's a amazing. pretty pretty high quality thing and there's just a bunch of guys who are like in their late 20s to early 30s and they just like throw a football at the roof <laughs> and it's like a point system based on like where it falls and where it hits and apparently they did it forever they did it for like years and and they just put up all the old videos because they like went through vhs tapes or whatever and had them and then yeah. like people were like this rocks and it got like you know you know uh two hundred thousand views or whatever so they're like okay we're bringing it back um i'm saying we reach out to them do a melee roof ball competition i reached out to connor because uh, it's from uh, they do it in Oregon, and yeah. Connor says no one cares. So uh, that's sick. This is to prove Connor wrong. We need to do a roof ball x melee competition. I'm, I'm super down. I, I'm down I too. Legit would love to just make my entire existence at this point just like an obscure and niche sports. You want to be enthusiast or commentator? That you want to be Jason like, Bateman from the from is it Dodgeball ESPN eight the Ocho? That's what you yeah, want. Yeah, that's what I want. That's actually what I want. Like I want to commentate like the World Croconaw Championships. Have you guys ever seen happen. that game? That shit's fucking crazy. Yes, yeah, dude is also on this wave, right? I remember when he was commentating the Excel Championships. Was he really? Yeah, yeah, he was the commentator. That's wild. That. That's so cool. Yeah. You, yeah. you and him got to talk, I think, if you didn't know yeah. that. Because I think that you, I, I, I'm having this conversation with you, and I'm like, this sounds very familiar. Like, yeah, I, that's awesome. I totally I get no this idea. vibe from someone. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we actually need to get you on. I don't even know if it exists anymore, but uh, I showed Ambi when we were at DreamHack San Diego. I showed him, uh, fuck, it's not called combat juggling. Is it called competitive Combat jungling? No, that's it. No, that's it, is it. Combat it's well, there's I two. There's, on Instagram. But there's like it's different. So crazy. But like, combat there's... is the one with the clubs. Yeah. Okay, with the clubs. Yeah, you throw it up in the air, and you have to have three of them, and it like, yeah. You... Okay, cool. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That's like a, such a sick thing. 
Um, I it almost got us kicked out of the hotel because I was screaming. <laughs> but uh... oh yeah, no, this was great because uh, the 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 hotel next to ours was like there was like some like it was wedding a after party. party. It was a bachelorette yeah. party, so it was other Russian, and they were like freaking out. They were screaming, and I'm sure that they got a noise complaint because um, what I think happened is that the guy came up from downstairs and he like yelled at everyone that was making audible noise like on that general side of the of the room or of the of the hallway or whatever so they they heard us like watching combat juggling and they chewed us out and it was really embarrassing because like they had been loud like the whole time and we also got yelled at for no reason but we were all like trying to be really quiet and we put on this video of combat juggling at the beginning they're talking about like skill con which is like where this tournament is being held for combat juggling and they're like talking about all the other events and it's like yeah it's like b-boy and uh you know slacklining and esports and uh <laughs> and it brings up esports and we just goes e what <laughs> he screams like at the top of his lungs <laughs> I, was, I was like i was like halfway like in complete despair that like we had gotten a noise complaint like 15 seconds or prior and then also people who were sleeping there were not listed and they were like, if you get one more complaint, we're going to kick out everyone who's not, whose name isn't on it. Oh, so that's yeah, we true. Were, I forgot about that we part. We freaking out. It is not the loudest I've yelled in a hotel room, thanks to the Genesis, <laughs> what, Genesis 7? The Genesis 7 alarm going off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like, oh my god! The, the listeners are going to be be pissed at me for no, that. No, it's good. Like, there was like a 5 a.m. blaring alarm, and I was deep in sleep thought we were all dying i don't know anyway walt thank you for being on you know you're, you're always very fun to be on and i think that uh maybe we had a lot of fun here hopefully we didn't can, like extend this further uh, it's not necessarily a short episode but just because we had such a good time talking to you you know fun time joking around so thanks for being on thanks for having me I, i'm gonna watch the, both the 2008 roof ball championships and the 2023 roof ball championships because there's just seemingly cool. no in between I I cannot say I've watched the 2023 ones. I knew that there's there's a few years there. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of stuff out there. Uh, but yeah, watch it. Let me know what's going on. I I'm partial to the 2008 one just because that's what I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning it was the first one I watched two months ago. Um, but yeah, I, I hope you enjoy yourself. Hope to see you commentating that someday soon. And uh, thanks to you for everyone who is listening. I hope we had a really fun episode, and I hope that you had a fun time listening as well. We'll be back. We've got a couple big events coming up, so we're obviously going to uh, talk about Tipped Off. We're going to be talking about um, Wave Dash. We're going to be talking about that type of stuff. So we'll be back in the month of June to talk to you. Thank you for watching, everyone, and we'll see you again soon. Peace.